Oh god, what is this? I'm back in the saddle. Hey everybody! Welcome back. Chair. Why are you in a saddle? Honestly. The ergonomics have gotta be terrible. I put a saddle on the chair because it remind it makes me feel like a cowboy. And this cowboy <laughs> is on the show Torchlit Tavern. Somehow, even though I get interrupted in the middle of my flow, right when I'm starting. Welcome to Torchlit Tavern. We are a real play Dominoes podcast. I like Dominoes. Do you? Yeah. Play some so, bones every now and again. Yo, let's play some bones. Yeah. Oh, finally, I found I finally found one we're all on board with. Mitch, you like dominoes? Okay, but we gotta use bricks. What? Okay. It's a big dominoes. Yeah. yeah. We're doing a workout so now. And if you space them just right, you can do the reverse set thing where they set themselves a second time backwards when the last one falls. Okay. Okay. I, I guess what, I can get behind that. Do you um, not know how to play the game of dominoes? Um. I, he'll figure yeah. it out. We're playing. We'll, we'll teach him. Or you can have fun. You score by we fives, Mitch. Actually, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, next time we all get together, play some we'll dominoes. Play dominoes. I, yeah. I, I think I knew how to play dominoes when I was like nine. Yeah, dominoes I is think. great. Dominoes is, dominoes is great. So we should too. do a podcast. I was just letting y'all get that out of your system because it was about, it was important to y'all. <laughs> I thought we were doing a dominoes podcast. My bad. Yeah, Jay said dominoes podcast. I thought we were on brand. No, no, no. We're, we're do you're doing great. Whoopsie doodle. So yeah, uh, we're a Real Play Domino's podcast. We focus on narrative-driven storytelling. Uh, we actually play D&D 5e, but that's boring to say, because every podcast does that, I guess. Uh, are, are we a Domino's podcast because we're very specifically not a Papa John's podcast? Yes, that is a good reason as well. But uh, today, playing our Warforged Artificer. Hey, it's me. I'm Ryan. I play number nine. The lovely number nine. Also playing a rogue swashbuckler now, Crestkin, a homebrewed race. It's me. It's Jeff. I'm uh, the rogue playing Crestkin. <laughs> That's his wow. last name. He never wow. gets a chance to say Yeah, it. we don't say Crenmut. Speaking of uh, someone whose name is just going to consistently confuse and uh, befuddle me as the dungeon master because I will always get it wrong and have to edit it out, our barbarian shifter played by... It's a me, a Mario. Why? <laughs> I what? don't know. It felt like it was right. Um, Am I Luigi? Because I'm wearing green and you're wearing red right there's now. There's always shit, yes. one of you that does something completely out of left field every time. <laughs> uh, first of all, Jay, I'm a druid. Um, I just I, happen to rage. Yeah. Once again, you I'm sorry. Too. I will get that right eventually. Hello, everyone. I'm Mitch. I play the druid Averu, who's playing the barbarian Halor, who's actually a barbarian mm. who thinks he's a druid. Hmm. That's not confusing at all. No. I'm a dude playing a dude pretending he's another dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dude playing a dude playing a dude. Hell yeah. You're also a dad. Uh, it's one of the yeah. reasons why he, he, he didn't do the dad thing today. So. <laughs> I'm the uh, dad now. I'm the dad now. No. I, all right. I'll, I'm going to send you the kid. Ryan, <laughs> he doesn't like Ryan, me anymore anyway. Ryan, do you want to tell us something? Ryan anyway. will take care of that child. So, Don't you fucking tempt him. That's uh, fine. We've already spent way more time here than we ever do. We're trying to cut this back. People don't like it. So I guess I need a it's Jeff, certain Jeff. thing from a jet. Last time on Torchlit Tavern, Black Powder. Like that. Black Powder. He tries to smooch a bit with the, the guy who is telling the story. He seems important. Grabs you by the shoulders like, now that is the way I like to see primacy soldiers behave. <laughs> it is good to have friends. The maker would also like you to give me a rundown of what happened after you left the town of Freehill yesterday. Okay. 
you tell him what went down. Is there anything that... No, I tell him everything. Nine. From now on, I do not wish you to take orders from Fo. Even if the Maker says... I mean, Vivaldi wanted to know why you were in the cave to begin with. Following orders, Fo sent us out there. This is not how things are supposed to go. Sorry to tell you, Rask, but that's just not the way things have gone for you in the past. Sometimes missions get hairy. Sometimes you have to do more than you expected. I need to tell you that you are very important to my plans. I think you are the only one that will be able to open certain doors once we reach our location. So I need oh. you to stay safer. Oh, do you understand? Yeah, I can try. We had to decommission it. I was hoping maybe you could put him back together as a backup for me. Yeah, I could do that. What will you need and how much time will it take? But the most important thing, the thing that seems to have actually shut him down, is that he has been stabbed through his core. Are you building building the Iron Man robot that helps him make stuff? That very specifically did not have legs, but essentially yes. Foe says that he did not go with you into the woods, but this is completely counter to Nine's story. He did not. He could not track me. Perhaps a mistake? Did you roll deception? Yeah, oh yeah. It was not personal. If you remember, I tried to heal you in the woods. I do not want you to die. Personal or not, if it's my life or yours, it will be yours. That makes sense, Seth. If you want to make sure or reduce the chances of that being a thing, maybe stay away from Nine. You guys have been traveling with the Primacy Platoon led by Vivaldi, and you've left the town of Freehill. You've been traveling for nine days. Hey! Vivaldi has pushed his men hard, but not too hard as to exhaust any of you. I won't be making you guys roll those exhaustion checks I did last campaign. But he is keeping good. up a good pace. He's also taking a strange path north into Celestian. He's not taking one of the trade roads, which... Makes sense if you were trying to avoid most fights, but it is making the ground and the distance you travel hard to traverse. Now, after a few days, within that nine days, Raisk, uh, you woke up and you found yourself in a room that did not look familiar to you. It is not your tent. And I don't think that you've had this happen to you before. The weird thing is that at first, it's not alarming. Uh, there is just a door that is half ajar, and you wake up. Yeah, so I wake up in a room. I'm not alarmed it, by this? No. It, it. I mean, if you give it some thought, you, you immediately think this is weird, if you think about it. But your initial thing isn't actually to think about it. Is that weird? That's weird, right? Yeah, that's a it's bit weird. It's supposed to be weird. What do you do? Yeah, Um. I wake up. I'm not immediately alarmed by my surroundings. I look around, realize I'm not where I'm supposed to be, begin to get alarmed because I feel like that not being immediately alarmed wears off quickly. Sure. You can tell me otherwise. The more you think about it, the weirder it gets. Yeah. Um, And then realizing that I just, I didn't immediately, like I recognized I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but didn't. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to roll an investigation because that feels right. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, I'll take that there. 22. Okay. 22 investigation. You have woken up. It appears to be in the same bedroll or cot, whatever you sleep in, uh, that you went to bed in. 
But the room is wrong. The room seems to be this very bare stone room. There's nothing much to see, but you do hear soft music coming from the door that is slightly ajar, and there is a light. There is something about the music that you find comforting. Your investigation check leads you to believe that if they wanted you to be locked up, the door wouldn't be open. Basically, you're just not where you went to sleep, but things don't feel natural. It feels like this could be some sort of illusion. Can maybe? I roll to disbelieve? Uh, no. It's an old second edition thing. I disbelieve I mean, you, the You technically room. would have already done it by investigation of a 22. That's fair. Um, let's do it. Is all my gear here? Because obviously uh, you don't typically sleep it's, in your It's gear. just you and your bed and you're, you're in clothes. Okay. That that causes him to be, me to be more aligned. Because uh, no gear make Ray-esque something something uh, go crazy. Don't mind if I do. So anyways, I guess I'm going to, I feel like stealthing in this room that's not it's not incredibly possible, but he's going to be real cautious in his movements, even though he realized like he could have been killed, sure. potentially. Right? He realizes that he's not locked up, and if his safety was in danger at this point, he would have already been killed. Mm-hmm. He's not too dumb. Yeah. But still, just cautious. Yeah. Uh, so you, if you want to roll stealth, you can. Otherwise, you open the door and move into the next room. Sure, I'll roll stealth. Why the fuck not? Yeah, if you want to. That's like, that's the thing I've established he does all the time. Uh, 23 this time. Okay. Um, there's no way of entering this room without moving the door. As you move the door, you move into what essentially looks like this plush lounge or office. There is a very comfortable couch, and there are books on a wall. It looks like a looks like an office, but an office that somebody's lived in for years and has enough room to kind of host someone. As you move in, you kind of I think you go through the roof because you can do the thing. You kind of do the and you slide in. Yeah, the door absolutely. does absolutely. The door does open and creak though, and across the room at a at a desk you see a halfling-sized tiefling woman who puts down a book. And says out loud, uh, hello, hello, Reisk. I, I understand that things are a little weird the first time one is here, but, um, please don't try to attack me. I am here to help you. Um, does it look like they know where I'm at or they just... No, it seems that your stealth, uh, you are in the room. They just know that you have come in because the door opened. Um, it, it is, uh, there's nothing... I am not here to hurt you. I'm just here to talk. Uh, please, if you would come out. Um, and she seems like she's just sort of waiting. She's like, um, uh, Darbin put you in for a checkup. Honestly, it's rare we have contact from Apotheosis program, but sometimes they request request one. Uh, hello? Is there... I want to look around for any version of a weapon. Uh, there's a letter opener on her desk. Cool. Can I stealth up and just grab that? I mean, like, drop it, down I, and grab it. You could probably drop from the ceiling, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll just drop down in front of her, grab it, and be like, "Keep talking." Oh, <laughs> hi, hi. I, I was told that you were, um, paranoid. Raisk opens his eyes real wide to like analyze this woman and goes. If you'd seen what I've seen, you'd be paranoid, too. Oh, I do not doubt it. Hello, Raisk. 
My name is Professor Avon Birchburn. I am a primacy therapist, psychologist, and counselor. Your um handler, Darbin, put you in for a check-in because he says you have been forced to work beyond your normal working parameters that you have been, uh, and I'm just here to offer the chance for you to talk, if you wish. You cannot hurt me in this space because it is a dream. How? But this is a safe space to talk. No one can listen or hear you other than me. And I do not divulge uh. any information that you might wish to speak up in this space. After she says this is a dream, I, uh, like, paranoidly look around at everything, as if to to question that ideal. Risk. if you would sit down, make yourself comfortable, we can chat. If you do not feel comfortable chatting yet, we can check in on another date. I attempt, I, I take the letter opener and I try to stab my own hand. Ooh. Because um, if this is a dream, I shouldn't be able to hurt myself, right? That's that's Reisk's thinking. Or at least I shouldn't bleed, but I could be wrong. Roll and investigate, bro. See if you can find some chill, because goddamn, Reisk. Ro- yeah, right? Roll a wisdom save as you stab yourself in the hand. That's pretty solid right there. Hold on, let's see what my saves are. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, 22. 22. Uh, it hurts, bud. Uh, she goes, oh, God, no, don't do that. Stop. Please don't. Risk. I. Okay, if you don't wish to be here, I can send you back. It's fine. I. I. Do I learn? Does this help me decide this is a dream? Uh, no, because you passed your will save and she's in control of the dream. If you'd failed your will save, you would have woken up. Ah, I go. I look at my hand and go, doesn't seem like a dream. It is illusion magic that I dictate. You have a strong will, otherwise that should have woken you up. But anyway, ow, that uh, that looks so painful. I know it's not going to hurt as soon as you wake up, but I just have one quick question before I send you away. Me and you can try this at another date. Just just don't do this next time. You can just tell me you don't wish to, and I'll, and I'll set you free. In the meantime, Darbin also, as a courtesy, put in a session with me and Halor. But when I reached out to try to cast the spell on him, it didn't work. So if you could please ask him to make sure he has any of his non-detection amulets taken off or spells removed so that I can contact him, that would be good. But anyway, I could not get hold of him. And I, you, you can wake up now. I'm so sorry. And uh, you... Non, non-detection. Everything gets weird. And you fade in and you wake up in your tent in your bedroll. You look at your hand and there's no wound. There's nothing wrong. Uh, but that was a weird experience. Uh, so yeah, I kind of jolt up and I look at my hand uh, and I look around. What time of night is it? Like the middle or towards the end? It's er- it's it's coming up on early morning. Uh, it seems like it's right before you would wake up anyway. I get up. I get out of my bedroll because I'm pretty sure I don't have a cot. Um, I I go over and put my gear on. And I just immediately go looking for Halor. So, uh, like I said, you've been about five days into traveling at this point. Uh, you know where Halor is at this point. What is where is Halor usually in the early morning? I feel is like Halor an early riser. I feel like he's a morning walks kind of guy. All right. Th- do you like, think that? Uh, do you think that Reyes is going to find get you? Get some fresh air. 
and take a walk before people start bitching at you and telling you what to do. Sure. I, f- I feel like sun's up, guns up. Okay. Do you think do you think Reyes would have a hard time finding you? No, not really. Not, not by this point. Reyes, you find Halor on his early morning walk. Uh, you, you went straight for it. What do you What do you do? Uh, yeah, I think Reyes is so like on top of this thing that he didn't even grab his cloak. So it's strange to see him walking around in just his armor. And he comes up to Halor. Uh, he kind of accosts him abruptly. Comes up behind you, grabs you by your shoulder, and wheels you around real quick. The first thing you notice is that Halor's skin is somewhat loose, like a cat. No one has really grappled with Halor and lived to know this information. Okay, strange. Yes, but don't have time to focus on that strangeness. He, uh, are you? What are you wearing right now? Are you? Uh, Halor's just wearing his robes. His. Okay. Uh, that's what the Korans wear, right, Jay? So they're kind of like robe-ish. Yeah, I, I've described it, it's it as kind of like Mongolian, of Eastern Asian areas, right? Where it's Arabic, somewhere between yeah, it's sort a, of a mixture of these things. Yeah, yeah. They are from a dry, arid place, so they they like to wear the the sort of it's like uh, steps and stuff, right? No, it's 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 pretty warm. It's uh, tropical. Okay, almost, so but it's more a lot of, of thin layers. Is yes, what would be yes. correct, like muslins. Yes, yeah. Um, so he grabs you and wheels you around, and he he with that same hand grabs a handful of your. Robes and goes, uh, anti-detection magic. Halor just looks this giant shark man in the face. And when Reyes, he turns around and and, uh, he just looks back and says, good morning, Reyes, quite calmly, considering the, the situation. You want, you need what? I was just confronted in my dreams by some sort of Doctor, they said they couldn't find you. Halor, why is that? Halor just uh, pats his hand gently on Reisk's chest. Well, my friend, if they can't find me in your dreams, that makes me feel very comfortable. They couldn't find your dreams. You're dreaming about... How do you escape their detection? I don't have anything of that nature. He leans in. What do you mean... I mean, I don't have any non-detection. And Halor um, just jingles his possessions. He's got, like, his sword and his hand axe, but they're just tucked into it, like, a tie in his robes. He's not even wearing his armor. Uh, Reyes uh, should, at this point, roll an arcana to see what he knows about spells. Sure. Because like, what, what, she, she said some things, and technically Reyes might not actually understand the full implication of some of that. Halor is as naked as anyone in the army has ever seen him. He's just got his base layers, his sword, and his hand axe. He doesn't his have wrap. his castaway breastplate? Yeah, he doesn't have his, <laughs> his drop trooper chain mail or his, his shield. His improperly or... strapped on br- chain mail? Yeah, he doesn't have all that other bullshit. They see you naked all the time when you fight. <laughs> Arcana, but normally he has more of his possessions with him. Sure. Uh, yeah, He's only got Arcana. those like, two things right now. 17, 17. Arcana. Um, based on what she said, you do believe that, like... A lot of spells would require you to know someone's name, like their actual name, or be familiar with them either with an image or have something of their person to cast such a spell. So when she says that uh, the name she was given doesn't work, that means that either she's not familiar enough based simply on the name, or yeah. he has a, he, he could have, like I said, like she said, uh, either an item or a spell that doesn't allow people to scry on him, essentially. But sure. the other method 
which probably pops to Reyes' mind, is that Reyes usually tells people his name is Seth. So this person's name might not actually be Halor. Yeah. I usually tell people my name is C3P4. Yeah, which is something we we grew over, but she knew your name. Yeah. Um, Which I understand. She said she talked to my handler. Yes. So that doesn't bother me any. Yeah. Um, Well, except for Darwin has actually made it clear he doesn't know my name. That's funny. He's made it clear he doesn't use your name. Fair. Doesn't use it. Um, But um, I, yeah, I just rolled an insight, dirty 20 insight, as I ask this question. What's your name? Uh, Halor is like, ha ha ha, ha, danger. Why do you, you know my name, friend. Why do you ask? And it's not veiled well. Yeah. It's, he's not really trying to hide that he's avoiding the question. He's just asking you another question. Clearly, there's something amiss about your name. Or else you would have had the sort of dreams I had. So again, I must ask, what is your name? How many different ways can Mitch avoid rolling dice to roll a bluff check? Can he come up with another? (laughs) Can he come up with another? No, I'm trying to figure out, do I use lie A, lie B, or utilize this to try to get cool with Reyes with lie C? You're called, bro. Yeah. At this point, I've already got a hanging dirty 20 on my insight, so... Many people go by many names, Reyes. I have another name, yes. Jeremy calls me Halor. You may call me Halor. You may call me another name if you like. You prefer to be addressed as C3P4. I prefer to be addressed here as Halor. And there's no bluff associated with that. That's just an answer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is just an answer. Uh... When you when you use his actual name, Risk's eyes open up a little wider, even though he's been like in between, like narrow eyed looking at you and wide eye looking at you this whole time. Uh, I my, my eyes open up wider, and then I look down at you, and I I've kind of got a, the scruff of your maybe even some of your skin because as you've said it was loose, but this would that would have been entirely by accident. But the scruff of your um, I assume he pulled robes, some hair. Yeah, and uh, Risk lets go and goes. Your secrets aren't my business until they get me in more bullshit like this. They're looking for you. Keep me out of whatever you do next. And then he walks away like storm off. Seth, before you go, I have something I procured for you. And uh, Uh. there he holds out a small, cheap tin flask. That unless fuck it, I will use a story point for. Done. Great use. And, Random uh, item. Wow. It is a. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Shut your mouth. It's important. I figured out how to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> and there it pulls out a fine silver flask. Uh, not not like a hip flask, and it's uh, about half full of whiskey. I procured this for you from one of the men last night. Perhaps when you need a drink, if one is not readily available, you may use this one. And yes, Halor absolutely stole someone's fine whiskey for Seth. I was like storming off, but I turn, I look when you when you say that you've got uh, something for me to drink, and I I storm back, snatch it out of your hand, narrow my eyes, 
Thank you. And then storm off again. And I immediately crack it open, drink everything that's in it, and go back to my tent So because I, I clearly need my cloak. How dare I be out in the world like this? Didn't even, sure. like, sniff it or test it out first? Interesting. No. It was drink poison. That shit. No. <laughs> few days have gone by. You guys travel, as I stated in the beginning, but we had this little interlude, nine days of difficult travel through Southern Celestia. Now, here's some dull shit for you guys. I want to know, what did you spend your free time on? I... I want to know what love we is. We have... You have downtime. You have time after a hard day's marching and after your duties with the, the army that you guys can, as the artificer, make shit. Uh, at Rayesk, if you want to train in something, a Deru, uh, you can use that time to maybe either learn some intel that you want. Like, what is it you did in the downtime that you had, essentially a little over a week, that you want to try to accomplish? Don't all go at once. So I want to go and I want to talk to Foe. No, no RP. Uh, what I want to do in this time... One, uh, what I want to do in this time is I want to gain proficiency or work on gaining proficiency in my Poisoner's Kit. Sorry, no, I want to acquire the Poisoner's Kit. I have proficiency in it. My bad. I want to acquire a Poisoner's Kit. You want to you want to put one together? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, if that's at all possible. Do me a favor. Uh, let's, roll a, let's roll a Poisoner's Kit check without the kit. So no advantage. Straight like intelligence plus your proficiency. And if you can give me... I think it's not going to be a set DC. It'll... The how low you roll or how high you roll will determine how many days it took you to f- get the supplies together. It's a lot of clandestine oddball stuff, some of which you might have a little bit of, being an addict with access to, like, needles and shit. Um, but, sure. But but I think that you do have to put it together, because it's not something that you're going to find in the in any shop. Your guys haven't gone through any big towns, but maybe you can, like, steal or barter with some of the men to get the things you need. So go ahead and roll a check. Yes. Intelligence plus proficiency. I rolled an 18. An 18. Uh, it only took you about three or four, let's say three days. You'll still have essentially a week to do stuff. Uh, it took you three days to get the stuff necessary. You have a poisoner's kit. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll say you have to spend like half of, well, how much are they? Do you know off the top of your head? It is 50 gold pieces. 50 gold pieces. I'll make you a wager or a, a deal that either it will take you the all nine days to put the stuff together for free, or you can spend 25 gold pieces that of like barter that you had to do with other men. Yeah, I spent the 25, done. Okay. Uh, since he did one already, he, we can come back with what he did with the rest of his time. But Ryan, what'd you do with your free time? What did nine do? How'd she get down? Okay, well, I think that nine uh, acquired herself a nice hat, finally. Yes! Everyone so, has a hat. What happened was that uh, the other day we had to po- we had to cross a very muddy area, and Vivaldi wasn't uh, stoked about that. So he said that the maker uh, said to lay down in this muddy path wow. so that Vivaldi could step across me and pass it clean. <laughs> Taking some liberties after, with the character, but I guess after sure. doing so. I got up out of the mud there, and then he said that the maker says that I need to present myself as a clean being while being in Vivaldi's presence because it's Man, embarrassing if I'm not. He's a bit of a prick. He's a prick. And so yeah, that's rough. 
he said to make sure that I clean myself. And uh, he also said that if I'm going to be walking around with him, I need to be wearing a hat. And he threw me a very floppy old tri-cornered hat. It's kind sure, of brown like and beat this. up. There's a very obvious patch in it because there was a hole there. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, so you, I am currently uh, cleaning the mud out of my cabled hair hmm. because some of it was caked there. Uh, because you were the first one to, to just to accept rule one of of uh, black powder, go ahead and get a story point. I'm going to hand that out like an inspiration to you because, yes, everyone has a hat. Fuck yeah. It's weird that Reyes hasn't told us what his looks like yet. Yeah, I have a hat now and uh, I've been, you know, just tinkering with myself a little bit, making sure I'm Whoa. up to snuff. Okay. And so uh, that, that, if we that wasn't get... exactly like a description of downtime. That was just sort of an I, event well, that happened. So I guess that, that, that took a that day. To explain the fact that I have a rad hat now. But also, sure. I'm going to say that uh, in our downtime, I was, because I'm very sad about my just weak little crossbow. So I've decided to use uh, an artificer infusion to make it an enhanced weapon. How does that work? What, is, what so, do you do? Enhanced weapons. Uh, this ma- this magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. The bonus increases to plus two when I reach level 10 in this class. Holy shit. You just have a magic weapon already? Yeah, I can just do that, apparently. Wild. Okay, now I get what they mean when uh, they say artificers are a little busted. You can just, like, do that, like, when you woke up, right? That's yeah. just a thing? That's, like, All a right, thing cool. I can that's... do once a day. Okay, yeah, that's a that's two days out of his life. Uh, Adair, what did you do in the first handful of days, like these guys did? Uh, so, Adairu annoys the poor quartermaster and resupplies. Uh, I just buy stuff at normal cost, right? Yeah, you, you can just Commonly actually, available. It, it's all common yeah. shit. More oil, rope, crap like that. So I don't need to waste yeah, time on that. If, it, if it's that. from a, a super basic level, if it's under five gold pieces sort of a thing, then yeah. Okay. So he he, uh, he, he shops at the quartermaster, and uh, the quartermaster doesn't like him, so it's too bad for him. And then Hideru spends his time juggling between being a golden boy to superiors and getting in well with the guys that he's been identifying as the deviants, the people who are disgruntled, the people who aren't as tight with the uh, the primacy, because he's been working on that angle for a while. And okay. he's also going to try to take an opportunity to learn how to use, or rather, to learn how to function the danger stave, the boomstick. Okay, go ahead and roll me a persuasion check to see how good you schmoozed over, like, let's say a few days. We'll, we'll, we'll do the same like couple days that these guys took. Yeah, for the we'll uh, for the superiors, like he's literally just yeah, sure, uh huh, okay, yeah, whatever you say. For the yeah. for the other guys, I imagine is where the work comes in because you know. Yeah, I mean it's wild. It's still a persuasion check. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying like articulating yeah. my method. Yeah. It says persuasion. Yes. That's four. Sorry. Hang on. Wait. That's a dirty one. Is a dirty Mitch. It's a dirty Mitch. That's a two plus two. We need a sound. That Mitch is We dirt. don't have a sound. All right. So. So it's working. Aderu, you try to smooze for the first few days, and you don't really change up how you've been doing, which has been working out. Like, you found, like, your way in, to everyone's campfire in the past, but you rolled a four, and so I think what happens is that over the last couple days, you've tried to show up to smooze, and there's already a swarthy barbarian who has captivated everyone's attention this I week. Okay, so, Jay, great. That segues into how I learned to use muskets. Ah, yes. Uh, so, yeah. So you, so you spend the next week trying to learn how to shoot a man. Um, 
Your petty ass is mad that somebody is stealing your niche. Uh, roll me a straight intelligence check, and we'll see how far along you get with a week's training in muskets. You just start to join the drills. Like, there's drills running. It's not yeah. hard to find training in this. I wasn't sure. I yeah. wasn't. <laughs> roll another dirty Mitch. That's uh, a 13. No, I have a negative one bad. to intelligence. So 13? Yeah. That's not bad. Um, I think that it being a it's it's a simple weapon like that's the whole point it's a put pull aim load shoot you figure out how to load the sucker you figure out how to fire the sucker i'm gonna give you half proficiency after a week's like good training like you focus on this yeah but that's gonna take up all of your time you'll you'll be done but you have half proficiency in firearms now if you do another week i'll give you full or there is actual objective here is learning what makes the danger stave not be a danger stave Sure. So he's sort of reverse engineering how to sabotage. Also learning how to use the tool, which is cool. But like, oh, you don't get your powder wet. Good to know. Yeah. At one point, a soldier is like running down how this black powder works. He's like, well, see, it's uh, it's alchemists figured it out in the last, uh, I guess, couple decades. And we've really figured out how to perfect it. Uh, The key is that you need to put it in your gun, followed by the ball, followed by the wadding. The wadding holds your ball in so that you can tilt the gun and the ball does not roll out. You fire it, it murders a man. Now, the powder is very important. You must have a powder horn, and you and the powder horn's only job is keeping the powder dry and unfouled. You do not want to use wet powder. Wet powder will not fire because fire, it doesn't work with water, obviously. So, you know, right? Ryan, ding me. <gasps> Fuck. Let's learn about fucking muskets. Yeah, do it. Do it for me. Mitch's random fact. Ow! On today's episode of Loading Muskets with Mitch. First, put the swab on the stick. Swab the barrel. You want to get all that dirty shit out of there. Then, count your powder, pour it in. If you're not lucky, you just got a horn. If you're lucky, you got a powder counter. Those things are great. They meter it out for you. Then, set the wad over the end of the barrel. Set the ball in the wad. That creates the seal that prevents the powder from having extra expansion room. Extra expansion room can cause explosions or misfires. Ram the ball and the wad down into the barrel. The wad also acts as a sort of lubricant here to make the ball slide easier. A rifle is differentiated in that it has rifling. Those are actually more difficult to load. It sucks, but they pay off in accuracy. Once all of that's nice and packed in, you check the pack to make sure your ball is all the way down. Then, and only then, do you load the frizzin, which is the pan that actually sparks. Then that helps to prevent from accidentally discharging, sparking, or blowing your hand and face off while you attempt to load. I have a musket question for Jay. Sure. Do your muskets have, like, old-school lighted fuses? Match lock. Do they have little? Or do they have flash caps? Uh, I think that... Yeah, I think that the easiest method uh, for use and for our world building. Yeah, I think I think these are these are the classic flintlocks. These are the it strikes the top, it makes a spark, it makes the thing go boom boom. And you have half proficiency in the boom booms now, and now I do as well. I didn't know about the little counter powder horn. That's dope. I think that's, that's a cool yeah, I think that's concept. The wrong, that's the wrong name for it, but they have I'm horns sure. that have a secondary cavity that you can. Tell you it fill how it, much and then how you many fill grains. It. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You, you, you cool. swing a lever and it dumps and then you just pour. D and D Beyond. Hey, I'll t- teach everyone this really quickly. If you go into your character sheet on D and D Beyond, you should be able to find a place where you can add proficiencies 
Yeah. So if you yeah, if you go to add proficiencies in languages, you can select one, and then you can select what type of proficiency you learn. There is half proficiency. There is proficiency, and I think even expertise is there. Proficiencies in languages can be found under armor, weapons, tools, and languages. And I've just given fucking firearm proficiency to nine. So kudos to right. you. I feel like nine probably would just have it at this stage anyway. So I'm an artillerist. It makes sense. You're an artillerist, and you've been you've worked for the primacy in some way. Shape, I'm form. wondering why you haven't put a gun in your arm instead of that fucking crossbow. Crossbow, because he I hasn't started with. used his downtime to do so. Uh, we still have a week to kill, Reisk. Uh, is it taking too long though? What did you do for the following week? Uh, for the week preceding that, I did um, either one of these two things, or both, if possible. One tried to look for and gather some poisons. Uh, and two, tried to gain proficiency in my alchemist kit. In your alchemist kit. Which one? You're going to need to focus. Unless you want to spread it out, but it'll take longer to do both. Um, I think because I just got proficiency with the poisoner's kit, I think I'm going to have worked on gathering poisons. All right. Roll me an investigation check. Or survival, I suppose. It depends on what kind of poisons you're... It, like, just anything poisonous, right? Is what you'd be try, trying yeah. to do. Then mm-hmm. I think you roll investigation. Once again, you're trying to put together stuff that you can find with the army. Oh, well, that's not great. You got your poisoner's kit and you're boiling down almonds. Oh, do I get advantage? No. Yes? You do now. Yes. Sick. Because you're using a kit. Cool beans. That's slightly better at least. Twelve? Uh, I'll give you... <sighs> Fucking making me look up stuff. Poisons. Yeah. Making me do stuff. Don't make me do stuff. Don't make me do stuff, guys. <laughs> the easiest one for you to make is... It's just called poison. You get that. You get the basic poison from the DMG. It's just one dose, though. You, you, you Basically, you get hold of some chemicals, some uh, some leftover bullshit. It's less of a poison, more of just some toxic shit that uh, sure. maybe the, uh, the guys in charge of making gunpowder or maintaining the gunpowder, a couple of dudes with some alchemy knowledge, have some leftover shit that's toxic that they usually just dump. Yeah, I'll add that. But you just get the one, because you didn't roll too great. So, right. Adaru used up his time, Reyes used up t- his time, nine. I'm not going to lie, I'm the most interested in what you do with your downtime, mainly because I've made rules for how to make magic gear that doesn't fit into what artificers already do, because you just have that magical ability to make magic crap, but you can also make permanent magic crap, and I'm curious if you're interested in it this week. Uh, I was going to come up with some, or I had come up with some bullshit for Walker, but... Uh, if we want, it, we we can get into that. What do you what do you got? To you, it's it's your week to do downtime. I mean, you could you could learn how to use a new kit like these guys did, because that just it's happens. like with your hat. Like it was not yeah. necessary. Well, to I, devote I, day I basically to the hat. gave myself a plus one weapon, so I feel like I shouldn't be making any more shit. <laughs> nah, man. nah, man, you're the artificer. That's you're broken you as fuck. Do. Now, granted, maybe you don't make this stuff for you. You don't have to. It's permanent. It's not like the other artificer stuff where, like, once it's gone from you for, like, six days or if, you you know, that it goes away. This will exist. And the difference and the rules that we're going to be functioning here on Torchlit Tavern Black Powder uh, is Black that... Black Powder. Black Powder. D&D, Xanathar's Guide has some really shoddy rules for item creation. Uh, mm-hmm. Dear God, Hasbro, 5th edition is great, but Jesus Christ, Xanathar's is trash. Um... You, there's a magic item, crafting cost. If you want to come up with a thing, me and you would determine price, and then we would determine how many weeks or days it would take to make, and also what it will cost you, and also if there are any like unique materials that you will need. A lot of permanent magic items will require like 
uh, Griffin's Heart or a Dragon Talon or some bullshit to make it like a permanent magic item. You got to do that magic jujuj. But you are an artificer. And because I want us to have fun and do dumb shit, I am yeah, have fun, do dumb shit. Yeah. So technically, to make a magic item, you need time, money, and supplies, right? That's basically okay. what I've laid out. You, as an artificer, can decide to get rid of any one of those things. But if you do that, I will make you roll on a jank table. I sent you a magic item creation uh, rule thing. Kind of a lot of Xanathars that was copied and pasted and then some edits by me, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to ignore either... Ignore or reduce the cost of an item. If you want to ignore or reduce the time it would take you, let's say you need it sooner than that. Or if you want to ignore the special items, which is one that will be probably the most often ignored, seeing as they are like you have to go on a quest to get a dragon heart, uh, then you will roll on the jank table. And the jank table means that you've essentially made those treasured artificer items that I've described in our session zero. Those items that are like magic items, but they're not as permanent. They're a little wonky they're a little dangerous sometimes some artificers can take the time and actually make something that essentially functions like any magic item but these in particular are the kind of things that you'd find at the bottom of the barrel at bloodbath and beyond okay listen i've been poor my whole life so i've seen a couple jank tables jank tables and they are at minimum an inconvenience <laughs> so yeah i mean sometimes you might get something rolled on the table that really undercuts what you've made, and that's just the risk you take, but... Okay. I, weirdly enough, I can infuse... Uh, I, I can replicate Goggles of mm -hmm. Night, but if I die, they go away. So, yes. I would like to make permanent Goggles of Night, but yes. not really. I am going to fix my eyes so that I can do night vision. Sure. Uh, just for anybody who hasn't played in... Uh, a artificer, by the way, he, when he he can make like a certain number of magic items that he can just put into the world, and they exist as long as he's alive. Like he said, I think up to like six days after you die, they they'll fade away and lose their magic. But you're only allowed to have so many, and that's based on how high of a level you are, I believe. Like you can have up to so many infusions at any given time. But yeah, I would like to give my eyes an update if I can. Sure. Uh. So you want to make goggles of night, essentially, and they're going to be built into you. Okay. Yes. So, referencing our our lovely uh, table, uh, what are goggles of night? Do you have them pulled up? I need to uh, know I don't, what type. Let me of... pull them up. Yeah, pull those up, and I need to know what uh, rarity the item is. Okay, goggles of night are an uncommon one, uncommon wondrous. What? Wow, an uncommon wondrous item. <laughs> Okay. Uh, while wearing these dark lenses, you have dark vision uh, to a range of 60 feet. If you already have dark vision, wearing them increases its range by 60. Okay, so uh, Uncommon Item has a cost of about 200 gold pieces. We're going to go ahead and use their dumb chart. Yeah, I rolled a two. So they're worth 200 gold pieces. And all right, so it says it'll take two work weeks, 200 gold pieces. Uh, goggles of the Night, I think, are going to require... a little bit of extra materials i will say that you can either double the cost or try to hunt something down to make them i don't i would like to hunt something down because i don't have the money for that alternatively you can forego doubling the cost or hunting something down and roll on that jank table oh i would like to roll on the jank table okay i'm not gonna make you roll on the jank table till they're completed and you need one more week to get these done okay 
takes two weeks to do them. Uh, if you want to make a note somewhere that you've worked one week on these. Okay. And uh, we'll come back to it. Cool. Let's get down to business. We handled <laughs> downtime. You guys have done this during your travel. Nine days have gone by as you have traveled away from the southern hills of Shar, stepping from the denser woods and into the valley that leads north to Celestian, 20 miles shy of the Celis River. And in media res, we come to our, our players, our characters, standing atop a hill as a cannonball erupts nearby. You guys have, for the most part, not run into other people during your travel. However, in the last day, to Vivaldi's apparent irritation, you actually ran into another platoon run by a primacy general, not a tiefling. This is a female dwarf who went by the name of Roca Mir Albri. You, her and Vivaldi are standing over a table as cannonballs go off nearby. They've set up just outside of range. And you guys found this group doing battle or essentially trying to take ground from a group of Valerian soldiers who have dug a trench through this valley and have also on another hill, they've built a small tower. And you guys find yourself at a little bit of a deliberation between Vivaldi and Roca, who have she has asked for your help in getting the Valerians out of this area. You guys, along with Roka's crew, it it's kind of mirrors you guys, oddly enough. She does seem to have a Apotheosis Program soldier. Uh, this one is not a Crestkin, but Reyesk, you quickly kind of uh, figured out who they were when their one day his uh, coat opened up and you saw his paraphernalia. Uh, you also, of note, Roka has a war unit a large, titanic-sized, much taller than nine, warforged unit who is Nine's standing at the table. Tall. Yes, this one is bigger. Yeah, across this warforged back, he bears a weapon that some of you may have seen before, maybe not. Typically, they're only carried by the war units of the warforged. It is a gun lance. It is a large rifle that also works as a spear, but basically straps the bottom of a spear is this, like, cannon-like structure that can fire large rounds, grenades, just about anything they want to load into it, it will fire out. Now, Ryan, this is the first time that you've seen a gun lance in a while. Do I Do I know? I don't know. I know that Ryan wants a gun lance, but I don't know if uh, Nine cares or not. I don't know I if wanna, that's a Ryan want or a Nine want. I, I want to use a story point to say that that's Unit 7 and Nine is scared of it. That was my next question, actually. I mean, well, if I knew the unit, I would know what number they are. So, because uh, you yeah. know, you guys seven, eight, nine. No. So you guys <laughs> ran. So this is your shit. first. This is your first interaction with the units. Skipping over that stupid shit. Uh, this is your first interaction with any of these people. You are coming to the top of the hill because you were summoned because they are trying to figure out the next strategy of their battle, and you guys have definitely demonstrated yourselves to be effective. So you guys are just coming to the top of the hill. Uh, also, who's with you is the barbarian that you met in Freehill has joined you guys. He seems to have taken on a contract, much like a Deru's or man, a Lord's. Fuck this guy. Yeah, he's really he's really just all up in your business and your skis, man. He's taking your shit. He's doing the same shit you do. It's rough. He's slinging my own skis, man. And, and the worst thing, the skis. worst thing about it is he's that he's nice. Like me? he's no, he's just he's really cool with you. He's super friendly. Like it's hard to hate him. He's done everything he can to be just as nice to you as you are to everybody else. So. In media res, cannonballs have ignited 
We've ruined that whole scene. It's not this action-packed war movie where guns go off and everybody's shell-shocked and we start in the middle of a battle. Uh, but like I said... I mean, it Roca could be, Mir but you started talking about a table. I did. I talked a lot about stuff. Roca Miral Bree is sitting over a battle map and her and Vivaldi are arguing as you guys enter the scene. I whisper over, Hey, look, they have a war unit. What is the difference? They've got, like, he's got, well, one, he's bigger than me. But also, look, he's got, he's got a gun lance. I used to have a gun lance. A what? Uh, it's a, it's a big cannon-like gun. It's got a blade on it. So as he points at this, this sentry unit, it stands over eight feet tall. You look at it, a hulking mass of thick metals shaped like plate mail over corded wire. It bears the visage of some ancient Brian warrior carved into its faceplate. Strapped to its back is a long pipe with a battered wooden handhold. The tip of the pipe bears a banded glaive-like tip. Would would Reyes be anywhere near familiar with... I'm sure he'd be somewhat familiar with these types of units, but would he be familiar with the weapons they carry? You've run into one before, and you've seen how devastating the gun lances can be. Okay. I'm not sure, actually, where Reyes would have run into it, but you're familiar. Maybe you've heard stories. Maybe It's not something you've seen firsthand. Because Reyes hasn't been a frontline okay. soldier, typically, and that's where you find no, these guys. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and that makes a, a, just a whole heck of a hoot of a lot of sense, so not even a question that. Uh, I imagine uh, that Aderu has heard of these. I imagine that uh, what he has heard of these is not accurate, and I imagine that that does not make him any less uncomfortable seeing this giant fucking monstrosity. I, I think I think that Aderu... Uh, that's the bad vibes bot. That's what Aderu that is. met Nine and probably thought, oh, these are the big scary Warforged unit that I've been told yeah, about. It's exactly not that bad. what I was going to say. You get a, yeah. you get yeah, a much different Yeah, this is everything vibe. you thought Nine was. Yes. Right here. Yes. Uh, and Nine, you do know that the question came up of whether or not they are the same number as you. This one is much later model. It is not, the, not a new model, but a, a later one than you. So like 420s? I don't know, ask its fucking name. Late 60s. How about y'all roleplay? How about we, how about you, you guys tell me, you, as you guys walk up on the, on this scene, you see them arguing, and, uh, as I stated before, you guys have come up on this hill, and you know that down in the valley, there has been a couple of trenches dug. Valerian soldiers have set up shop down there. Also, about a few hundred yards, they also have a tower set up, and right now, Vivaldi and Roca are arguing about the best way to attack. Great. Listen, Vivaldi, I am very happy that you have shown up to help us, but if you do not do as I say, then this isn't going to work. You Inquisitors are- Hi! She like stops for a second and looks up and like everybody at the table just sort of glares at your group a little bit. Like uh, now that Adairu has everyone's attention, I wave. he's going to step in front of the other barbarian and just say with a big, <laughs> a big grin. Well, no one can see, but he has a big grin. Ears. Yes, we are discussing which ones to go for. Her men, I think, are going to take the tower. Isn't that right, Roka? Yes, we are taking the tower. There is someone in that tower who knows what they are doing, though. I have already sent men to try to take it last night. None of them came back. You take the tower, it's fine. If you need us to cause a distraction, we will. And Roka cuts him off. No, while you are taking the tower, we need you to take the trench. If you take the trench, then they cannot come back and attack my men from behind while they take the tower. I know you don't seem to want to actually help in this war, Vivaldi, whatever you are doing out here, but I need you to help me actually help me. I don't need a distraction, I need an attack. Vivaldi rolls his eyes. Men, I 
I need you to gather some troops. Fogo gathered the men. Seth, Halor, I need your unique skills. Halor, you are good at breaking lines and causing distractions. They have a trench and a gun line. It is going to be death for our soldiers to march on it. It will be a stone's field of distance that they have to cover. They will take multiple shots. I need a distraction from a solid group. Seth, they have a munitions placement near that, which will also mow down any of you. Seth, I need you to maybe take it out before it can react. It will require a lot of timing from all of you. Then it is good we are who you have asked. And Halor gives like a deep flowery bow. Uh, as you bow, the, uh, the barbarian who you've come to know as Eric the Barbarian, like, claps his hand over your shoulder, like, right from right behind you. It's super awkward. And he goes, yes. Who are we killing today? Yes. Is it time? Less time. Less argument, more action. I'm, I'm, we're here. I will help, uh, my new friend, Halor. Uh, Reyes looks, <laughs> I look at Vivaldi and I, um, I say, Curing today. That is a very valid point, Reyes. And he looks at Roca. Yes. During the day, we, were, we have been here for days, and they are worn out. If we give them any more time, they will heal. We have already attacked yesterday. I cannot give them more time to rest and get their munitions reloaded or for reinforcements to arrive. Raise my hand, like, uh, to ask a question, just like a couple fingers in the air, you know? And wait patiently to for her to, like, stop speaking. Would you When you look at Roka, she's thin of frame, but strong of shoulder, which is further accentuated by the padded coat and shoulders that designate her primacy general uniform. Her mustache is woven around, braided over her ears and into her black hair. Her beard is kept short, just to the line of her primacy reds. Her coattails are slightly scuffed and scorched, hinting at a recent close call. So it looks like whatever happened, she was in the thick of it. She does pause as you raise your hand. Have you not been disrupting your sleep with night rage? As much as possible, though. Men, uh, we, we don't quite have the men to do it. However, we have been doing as much as we can with cannon fire. And she nods to a line of cannons and a couple of the men who have uh, set up and they're just constantly bombarding this tower and the area. From our hill, we can hit them a little bit better than they can hit us. If I may... I'm Make a... I'm curious if she's wearing epaulets. Yes. Sick. If I may make recommendation, if you give us one night, they will not see morning. Kenori and I appreciate that take, but there is one last problem with this entire situation. And it's and she gets cut off as from across the field you see a figure pop up at the roof of the tower, and you just hear Him. It is him. He is a knight of the Golden Rose, and he has been a thorn in our side. If we give him one more knight, I suspect he will attack us. Which would be stupid. Am I familiar with any of these knights? Uh, roll. A history check. What is that guy's name? <laughs> as, as, as you have that thought from across the field again. My name is Robert Law, and I will kill every one of you today. I love him. Oh, he's, uh, he's from this area. He's a Mir Avalon. Mir Avalon. Valon being a, the capital of Valeria. Yeah. And also, for anybody who listened to our previous campaign, where Evan was from. Yeah. Halor just stands at the top of the hill and yells back, Wipe my ass! Primus, <laughs> 
uh, 19 history. Uh, you, they hand you a, one of them, when that happens, one of the foe just hands you a, a spyglass real quick, and you look out, and across the field, you see standing, like, one leg up on a parapet, his other foot up on the, the, the parapet below, so fully on the side of the wall, pointing at you and cussing, is a halfling dressed in blue and gold. It is, for all intents and purposes, and to circumvent me doing a bad job, a musketeer's uniform. <laughs> he is okay. essentially a musketeer. He's got the hat with the foot, with the, the feather, Fuck and it. he's got a gun as tall as he is, and he's standing on the, this, this parapet screaming at you. And 19 tells you that the Knights of the Golden Rose are the King of Valeria's personal bodyguard. They are very rarely seen outside of Valeria, but when they are, it means that they are usually generals, much like the Inquisitors of Bree. They are powerful, talented, intelligent. They are the creme de la creme of Valeria. Uh, when they show up, it's a problem because they alone are capable of fucking up a lot of people before they go down, and that's if they're dumb enough to do an out-and-out -out fight. They are expert marksmen, perfect duelists, and uh, generally bad news for anyone to get involved. And... Vivaldi is like, and as I said before, we will not be trying to take that tower from the Knight of the Golden Rose. If you insist on doing it, it is your folly, Roka. As I close the spyglass, I go, ill-advised. I take the spyglass from Rask. I don't ask, I just take it. Nine raises her hand. Halora, while, while Nine does whatever she's doing, Halora is going to survey the battlefield and its periphery and try to find the best place to break into those trenches. Uh, roll me a uh, perception check, and I'll deal with that. Hold on to what you yeah. do. Yeah. So, Nine, you raise your hand. Uh, do you just wait, or...? Oh, yeah, I fully wait. Okay. Uh, no, no, nobody, like, feels the need to answer the robot's question. Start waving. If if it takes, like, longer than ten minutes, because I would have obviously noticed. Yeah. If it takes longer than ten minutes, Reisk also raises his hand. Okay. It, it. I mean, yeah, if you're willing to wait 10 minutes, while 10 minutes goes by, you see them kind of arguing about strategy. Uh, if you oh, wait a full 10 minutes... Wait. Yeah, Aderu, you surveyed the, the battlefield. What'd you roll? That's 18 total. Uh, like I said, it's down in this valley. They've dug trenches. Like I said, about a stone's field to the right of that, there's the tower with Robert and whatever he's got going on. Uh, you see cannons are firing from the tower, and you see that... There's a forest, and then about 50 feet in front of that forest, there is basically what amounts to two trenches in sort of an H shape. One of the trenches goes all the way to the tower, meaning that people can get from the trench to the tower through this passage without taking gunfire from, from you guys. And that is what Roka seems to be worried about. There is a front line of men, and you can see the glint of muskets that they are set up. It looks like there's probably about... With your 18, you, you've counted 13 men down uh, protecting that trench. You've also noticed that just behind the trench, just in front of the forest line, is a small mud-built, like, hutch. They've made it out of some sort of concrete or adobe, and there are window slits sort of cut into it like it's a, uh, like they said, a, a turret tower or something. Um, you're not sure That's what on the they far side, right? Yeah, it's the far side. It's still by the trenches. It's basically right at the end of the trenches. Like I said, it's shy of going like a really long way around, which would probably take hours. 
you could circle around this area, but you are in a valley. It's like they built this to be strategically placed. Uh, God damn it, I hate these. <laughs> what? Tokens are so stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So I threw up the map. And for the listener, if anybody, if I start to refer to things in a strange way, no, it's because I have established all these little minions as either A, a minion, or B, some character from a Fox TV show. Also, the Animaniacs. And also, Meatwad. And Meatwad. So the big question that I never got an answer to is how the fuck do we get into the trenches? You fucking jump in them? What do you mean? <laughs> Where are we currently? Yeah, you're, like you're what a, is between us three, and the trench? You're outside Look, asshole, of- the last time I found out there was a giant no man's land with no cover when I got there. We ain't doing that this time. It's trench warfare, bud. It's a giant no man's land with no cover. That's what the- <laughs> Aderu also most notably sees that it is out of cannon range and thus several hundred feet of open grass valley with no cover really to speak of. Maybe the occasional rock. Do they ever turn cannons? Uh, the cannon fire that you are having the most trouble with is the, there are cannons on the to, on the top of the tower that are firing okay. at you guys. Okay. So to make things vibrantly clear, yes. from the eyes of Reyes, from my eyes, there's a large expanse mm-hmm. that has not virtually, but literally no cover. No cover. Yeah. In the middle of the broad daylight, and they're looking at me to somehow sneak through that <laughs> unsneakable zone. Guys, welcome to the argument. Yeah, welcome to Vivaldi's argument with Roca. Thank you. Yes. Now you <laughs> see why Vivaldi is mad. Uh, so yeah, Adaru has taken 10 minutes. He has seen that information. 10 minutes have gone by with nine raising their hand. And the argument has continued. Vivaldi and Roca are back and forth. And Roca is like, it's war. That's what happens. You have to sacrifice men to take ground sometimes. I'm sorry, Vivaldi. Did your time in the Inquisitor Tower not show you how the war works? Is that it? What kind of cannon are we shooting? What kind of shot? Reisk is also raising his hand. Sure. Um, They answer you with a cannon model. A cannon model 205R, Santitas edition. Is it, are you firing solid ball? Or explosive? Or magic? What are you... Projectile? Solid ball. How many cannon? We have nine. It's absolutely the go-to number of black powder from now on. Could yeah, you fire? it's been pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, Adairu notices that a person has their hand raped. Seth, did you have a question? I did not, but nine did. I direct everyone's attention to nine. Everybody, once again, at the table, turns a quizzical eye at nine, including now the Warforged Sentry Unit, who who looks at you, and if a robot could glare, glares. Hi, hi, I'm, I'm number nine. Uh, I've been, I haven't been given anything to do, but I did wonder, if, do we need the tower? Uroka says, taking the tower would put us in the same strategic position that they currently hold, so yes, ideally we end up with the tower. But I would raise it to the ground in order to kill a knight of the Golden Rose. What if nobody had the tower? As I said, I would raise it to the ground, if need be, to kill a knight of the Golden Rose. We could do that. How? But first we have to get there. He does not have a tower. He does not get down. It's, it is a stone tower. It is out of cannon range, Nine. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have. That's why they need us to get to the trenches. Right? 
Or am I mistaken? No, I you that's, said that, that is right. a solid reason, okay. yes. That's why they're not shooting us, and similarly why we're not shooting them. Yeah, there are cannons being fired periodically from both sides just to, you know, continue to deter people from closing that ground. As I was seeing, how okay. accurate are your cannoneers, your cannonade? Oh, I have some of the best cannon men, though they are tired and they are having trouble loading these cannons. If your unit does still wish for a job, a loader bot would be incredibly helpful to the cannon pe to the cannon crew. And she looks at Vivaldi and Nine. Vivaldi looks at Nine and says, That is what I would prefer Nine do. I do not wish her to see combat. Okay. If you can give us nine correctly placed shots, I can get into those trenches, I think. Correctly placed where? There scoops up a handful of dirt, and uh, he just walks up to the map and lays out a line of dirt on the map. If you can place your shots along this line in sequence as we approach, we can follow behind the impact and use the debris to take cover and distraction. Get us to this corner of the trench. Absolutely wild. I love it. Um, okay. Chase the dragon, baby! <laughs> that is an insanely intelligent thing to come up with. Yeah. Uh, so you see, like, the whole table, Vivaldi... And like, and the barbarian next to you, like, kind of looks at you like this, like reassessing this Aderu a little bit, and every and Vivaldi turns to Roca. Would that work, Roca? That is the craziest idea I have ever heard in my entire career. They make them different in Canoria, yes? I am good at what I do. Yes, we could do this. I am pretty sure. Uh, we could even, if the loader bot can help us load things faster, we might be able to get more than nine shots off, because by the time the ninth one fires, we could maybe reload the first. You could get damn near up on them if we do it correctly. The most cover is the better. Um, Eric the Barbarian, once again, grabs Reyes, like, tightly on one shoulder and Aderu around the other, and he's like, Finally, we do this, yes? No more talk? Yes, we fight? I've been waiting for some action. And he shakes you both aggressively. Rask, uh slips him, and <laughs> partially because Rask is, Rask is slippery, but also the barbarian is sweating. It was real easy to do. Also, he's very dexterous and yes. does not want to be held like this. No, no, no one should. Um, Rask looks at the the people and he goes and looks at the distance. And after having checked how long a football field is, Stone, he says, "Stone's there. A stones field, yeah. A stones, a stones field. Football. After having checked how far a stones field is." He goes, Do you not have talented archers Hold with on. longbows? I'm sorry, did, where did you check for the distance of a stones field? Well, comparing it to a football field. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, field. did you look it up on your Yoon phone or something? Uh. Hi, welcome to Yoon phone. Here's a commercial for one of the many products that you can find through the Yoon phone right now. I've been killing with a Santetian Warforged. Long since before I was drafted to kill with one. I didn't do it to be cool. I didn't do it to make a statement. I just liked it. The all-new Santetian Warforged Model 75. Conquer them all. For the primacy!
in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> I love it. Fucking kids these days. Fucking screen locked, all of them. Yeah, you look up what a stones field is. It's about 300 yards or 900 it's feet. It's about 100 yards. Sorry, 100 yards, 300 feet. 300 uh, feet. That being said, a stone field, as you look it up, is a little bit gray. A stone field, classically, is basically whatever the Goliaths kind of staked out. So it could be anywhere from 200 to fully 1,000 feet long. <laughs> now, a cannon. Yeah, it is 1,000 feet. You know why? Because a cannon fires 900. That is a good frame of reference. I raise my hand again, wait to be addressed, and go, Could not a archer launch a improvised explosive over a arch into the trenches? One explosive would barely uh, hit... It, it, it could cause trouble if you got a few, but any archer would have to get within 300 feet, most likely, before it was viable. And as you see, like, only 100 feet shy of you guys is where the cannon cannons are landing. And then, like, you can see where a few dead men are about 600 feet and further got hit with arrows uh, and, and rifle fire, where they just got taken out, like, midway across the field. It would be unlikely to get close enough. I know a man that is going there. And uh, Adairo is standing there with a longbow that he's had since character creation. (laughs) (laughs) Hand them all a grenade. Everybody, tell the quartermaster to get you grenades. Uh, Roka points at the three of you and says, "Uh, I need you guys to arm up. And then as you say that, um, the the Warforged Sentry unit sort of stands up straight. That's not good. (laughs) That's not good. He stands up straight, and Roka sort of, like, looks up at him as he as he moves. He takes his gun lance off of his back, and he looks at the party, and he says, I will be taking a force now. Your privacy soldiers are being cowardly, and we are going to take that fortress. Roka turns to him as he said it sort of turns his back, and it's almost like he's commanding the forces. He nods at some people, and she nods at the rest of them. Go with 75. For the privacy... And before he walks off, Raisk just gives him like a lead the way sort of. It's the most sassy I think you could see Raisk be. Does his skin uh, change <laughs> color when he does that? Halor, does he give color colors? You know what? His skin will change colors, but I don't know if I have something written that is appropriate for that. Fuck you, dude. Colors. Yeah. Halor uh, just bows slightly and says, "Ganorian, actually." Vivaldi makes eye contact with you guys from the other side of the table, and he sort of nods at you as a dismiss, but you also sense that, like, for the first time, you and Vivaldi, like, have something in common where this whole thing has irritated him as well. So what am I doing? We load the gunpowder in. These are ready-to-go sacks. You just pour it in, put the cannonball. The cannonball weighs a lot. And the ground here is soft, so it is difficult to carry it around. He hands you a cannonball, though, and it's it's not that hard for you. Like, it's definitely, like, heavy, but you feel like you could do this. You could probably carry more than one at a time. I I, I immediately take two, and I just spin them both like base, like basketballs on my face. Wow. Wow, look at him. Look at He's sick. Cool, bro. Uh, Halor, who's very invested in not getting shot to death. Uh, perhaps we set the balls near the cannon, so no time is wasted moving. There's already little piles, but he's like, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, that's that's right. Uh, and then, uh, once they're loaded, we get to aim and fire. If you want us all to aim down one spot, correct? 
This is in weird. In progression, yes. This is very weird. Um, Each okay. shot should be 10, 15 yards past the previous. Start. Nine, you're loading, yes? Line is loading or nine is firing? Who is no, firing these things? I would. We would be firing it. We have the experience to aim and fire. Nine does not have the training to aim it, I don't think. Do you? I can aim it. I can do that. Are you going to help them aim these? Because essentially, they're going to pre-aim them. They have to adjust after the first firing. Shot, yeah. Yeah, after the first shot from each cannon. So if you want to help aim, uh, roll a attack roll. You're not proficient in cannons. Roll an attack roll? Yeah, Me, roll the artillerist, roll. isn't proficient in cannons? Fuck. Mmm. Yeah, sure. You're proficient in cannons. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. The sass that came directly from Nine to me right now. Yeah, directly from <laughs> Nine. Also, what? What is it? Is that still a dex-based roll? Yes. It's a ranged attack. Yes, because there's no acuity stat in D and D fifth. It actually feels like it should most appropriately be a combination of a trajectory mathematics check and a exactly. Tell you what, Nine. Fucking roll a bunch of checks. Nine, roll me an intelligence-based check, and you can help them aim rather than you making the check. I will give all of their rolls advantage. That is a 11 plus 4, 15. All right. You absolutely do catch. Two of the cannoneers uh, have set up their stuff, and they're, like, like moving on to just getting ready to fire it, and you go, uh-uh, 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 and you tell them to adjust, and you make them readjust. Wait, it looks wait, like wait. it's more along the lines. I go over, and I... Uh tip it up just a little bit yeah 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 uh they they get to roll with advantage and they get a much better roll and it looks like it's more on track with where you guys need those cannons to to land just a little off thank you man um watching nine take control of these guys and knowing how fast that they should be able to load with nine's help it's the best you can get this does seem dangerous and if it's more about how quickly can these guys move when it comes once the cannon fire starts right yeah Hey, Seth, hello. Come here really quick. We walk over. What do you need? I know you guys are going Eric out. Eric the Barbarian joins you guys. Uh, Hi, Eric. Nine, you see Halor roll his eyes dramatically. His back uh, is to Eric, so Eric probably right. can't oh, see that. But a, pow, a powwow, very important. It's good, it's good to see you guys. What, what do we got? You got some more information for us? Uh, I kind of just had something for them. Like, is this? are you guys friends? Do you guys hang? Do you guys Kinda. get beers after? Can I can I come? I don't drink beer, but probably. Of course you can. We meet at the dining mess area. Perhaps check in on the other ten men. I have not familiarized ourselves, and you are a very fluent speaker. Yes. Can you get their names for us? Go go see how they are. Nine. What did you need? Yeah, they're good. He doesn't leave. Alor tried. He was on. Uh. <laughs> I look at him. I look at him. Go. Would you please excuse us? This has to do with our platoon. Specifically, my my apologies, friend. I thought we were uh, friends nowadays, but um, it's it's fine. I it thought I was a member of your platoon. Wait, see, we're friends. I just have to tell them something that Vivaldi said for us specifically. Oh well, you can't leave me out on the the cooler I talk. Come on. Actually, literally can't. Roll persuasion. Does he get advantage because all of us kind yeah, of tried sure. to convince this man? Sure. Yeah. I don't have <laughs> the numbers for that. Yeah, no, not not my strong suit. That's an eleven plus zero, and that's with advantage. Oh, he's fucking same. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
He's, he, he, he looks at you guys and he's like, If you insist and you will not speak while I'm here, we have much to do. I will, I will step away, but... I'm hurt. I promise. I'm hurt. I, I, wanted, it, I wanted to help. It will help you too, kind of, but you just don't need to hear it. It's fine. I'm about to go into heavy fire with you people. I think I need to hear things. But that's fine. I'll tell the soldiers that you are keeping secrets from us. And just, he walks. Just stay uh, Alor, to them, Alor, okay? Alor is going to use an ancient tradition he has learned from the Brian soldiers. He says, do, wait, wait, friend. Do not, do not take offense. And he holds his hand up. We are friends. And Halor sack taps him right in the dick. <laughs> roll to attack roll. <laughs> because he's seen the men doing it. And he's not sure exactly wow. how this works, but it has something to do about camaraderie. Roll to attack roll. <laughs> I like how you just That's established that Because I, I cannot yeah. roll today. That's a nat one. It's weird that all the soldiers like to sack tap each other, but okay. He slaps, he slaps your hand away because you rolled a nat one. He sack taps you back. <laughs> he rolled a 15. <laughs> That's a 19 for Khan. All right, you don't puke, but he goes, ah, all right. All right, all right. And he walks away to the other man. Okay, okay. So, I know Halor just sits there and wheezes while Nine talks. I know you guys are going out, and the last one was kind of, the last mission was kind of close for us, and I was worried about you guys getting hurt, so I've made some modifications to Walker. To what now? To my friend here. And I pull out Walker. And uh, Wait, I, you I just pull, point hold at Walker. On, hold on, you pull him out of what? Where do you keep him? His How big is he? Walker pocket. Uh, Nine the, has a Walker pocket. First off, uh, my turret is, can be small or tiny. Small takes a uh, an actual square on the battlefield. Tiny does not. Okay. So I take out Walker. Uh, he comes out of a compartment in my right leg, in my right thigh. He just kind of pops out the side. See, her you Walker just pocket. Fucking... Are you telling me you just goddamn robocopped this thing yes, right he, out of your fucking he, body? He just robocopped. Yeah, Walker. a compartment out of the side pops out, and oh there's God. Walker. Nine pulls out a deagle, sets the deagle on the ground, the deagle stands up. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what it did, yeah. So, more pukes. Uh-huh. Walker has, uh, I will have to try and post a reference picture at some point for what I feel that Walker looks like. But Walker has an eye, and it has three ocular bits for it and I can rotate it as need be. I'm going to rotate it to what looks like a green one. I have set Walker into protection cannon mode. So uh, what it does is that Walker can emit a burst of positive energy that grants itself and each creature of your choice within 10 feet of a number of temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus my intelligence mod. That's bullshit. It's nice. But that's bullshit. Wow. No wonder people say the artificer's broken. <laughs> Wild. Okay. So the gun has a protection field. The artifers yes. the artificer is an assault bard. This is gonna matter. How fast can Walker so, move? That's the thing. I'm setting him to tiny so he can be carried. I'm specifically yep. giving him, him on to shoulder. Okay. Yep, sure. Puts him on my shoulder, I look at it and go. Thank you. So this is Walker. You've met. Uh, I have set him to give you a bit of a protection field. If you guys stay within 10 feet of him, he will give you some protection. What does the protection field look like? It is like a green glow. A green circle on the ground? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I do that. And then also, uh, I'm going to put a hand on each of your shoulders, and uh, I'm going to cast Long Strider on both of you. So I'm going to use it twice. Oh, uh, shit. 
Motherfucker, I can go quick. So man. I'm gonna cast Long Strider twice. I'm burning Long Strider is not a concentration spell. Uh, no. Yeah, so I cast it twice. Once I get a, a second level spell slot, I can cast it once on multiple people, but I've only got one spell slot. So you are both faster by 10 feet. Motherfucker, I'm And moving. have apparently now uh, temporary hit points, as long as you are within range of Walker. All right, so you guys get ready. The cannons get loaded. Uh, I need everyone to roll initiative. 19. I got a 12. Nine. And you guys uh, all have five extra hit points. So the men know the plan. The cannons uh, begin firing. Uh, the cannon guys say, we're going to go ahead and start with one. To sort of throw them off one line that will start the smoke and it will start the furrows of dirt that you are looking for. And then we will go ahead and start from the beginning again and then we will push it forward. Yes? Sure. Uh, you look at the men, the men nod. And you guys start heading down the hill as the first line of fire starts to go. Right before you guys all leave, Eric does pass by Nine. And he says, Once the cannons stop firing, you join us, Nine. He, like, looks at you and he nods. Uh, if they allow me to, yes, I will. Oh, also, uh, try to stay near Seraph, if you can. It'll help you out. Sure, thank you. I know you follow rules, but... Rules are meant to be broken. And he leaves. Huh. Uh, Motherfucker, he... you don't tell her that before the operation. Yep. This is a sensitive operation. <laughs> you tell her that on beer night, damn it. I think you guys can cover the first hundred under the first volley. Like, not worry about it, because I don't think they'd fire it directly in front of you guys. So that means that it's going to take just over three full cannon fires to go. All right? Uh, you guys can only move about 90 feet per round, so actually this is going to be even easier for a 9 to pull off. I'm going to lower the DC, just because if we're doing a 30-foot spread, what? I can now move 120 feet. The rest of the people can. Yeah. I we're mean, with 11 people that can. You want to go ahead and be yes. ahead of everybody and the cannon fire? Sure, go ahead. No, I don't. <laughs> just you know we're, but we're pacing to the other 11. So it, yeah, once sure. we get in Your there, Your long strider shit will absolutely matter, I think, once it's time to break, because there won't be any more cover fire, and you will be in the gun line. You will cross the gun line. I cared about both of you. I don't want you guys to get hit. Nine. They start moving. They fire the first rounds. It's time to start reloading. Like I said, I'm going to start making you do an athletics check every round to basically supplement these men and to make sure as many of these guns stay loaded at a time. It's basically just you running up and down this cannon line. Uh, you notice also that... One of the men is the guy who lights it, and he is carrying uh, a device that you haven't run across before, but you may have heard of. It's called a Pickwick, and it is a semi-magical alchemical device that is basically a stick, and it's basically the device from our emblem. It's the yeah. torch with a little wick on it, but it's magically done so you don't have to light it by hand. But anything you touch it to will light on fire. Cool. Yeah. You see him ready. They fire. I need you to roll your first athletic check as cannon fire starts to rock the field. That's a 10 plus 2. Okay. Already off to a bit of a rough start. Uh, the final cannon in line does not go off, and you see a few of the men who are definitely aware that cannon fire is coming at them in a steady line, which is odd, so everybody on the field is fucking looking. I'm going to go ahead and roll a plain old check for everybody. There's so many dice. Give me a second. Does it not go off, or does it just go off out of time? It goes off a little bit delayed. There's a small window that they could see something amiss. But I'm making this first set of rolls with disadvantage because of distance. And no one sees. Ooh. 
You guys make it 270 feet. Awesome. It's time for the next round of cannon fire. If you're keeping track, that's a total of 370 feet travel. You started 100 feet in. 14 plus 2. That one's perfect. The next round goes much smoother. There are no holes in the gap and nobody rolls to see you guys. All they see is plumes of dirt and detritus. Um, so we're at roughly two-thirds? Yes. You're actually past the halfway point now. Yeah. So 270 plus 270, 540 plus 100, 640 feet. You have one more to go. Okay. And then you guys will still have 100 feet to cover. During the third volley run, Halora is going to uh, prepare the uh, the gr- to light the grenade arrow. Okay. So that that's ready once we get to the end. Roll another athletics check. Nine. It's cocked. I'm going to roll it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. 17 plus two. All right. All right. You guys are 90 feet from the first trench as the cannons end. And you see that the last cannonball has reached its end. It doesn't go quite as far ahead of the other cannonballs as the others have done. It lands, it explodes, the smoke and the dirt falls down, and Adaru, you're in the front? No, you put Eric in the front. Yes. Eric <laughs> lets out a battle cry, forward, and he just charges as fast as he can. He moves surprisingly quick, and he moves forward across the hundred feet in damn near the blink of an eye. Does he have higher initiative than me? He did. Okay, sucks for him. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's going to make it Adaru's turn as everything starts to clear and you see the alarmed looks and of 15, 12 to 15 men in the trench. Primacy soldiers! Primacy! Primacy! So, so who looks like he's in charge? Uh, there's a general tor- in the back trench. Because um, I was, I was going to do this anyway, but now I'm now I'm ecstatic about this because I rolled a nat 20 oh my to God. shoot a dude with that arrow, with the bomb arrow. And okay. I pick him. Do it. Yeah, you do that's, it. That's in that twenty. Do I do I add? Should I add? It's twenty five if that matters. Hey, hey, Mitch, do you have a story point? <laughs> no, I used it. Damn. All right, roll damage. I'll use it. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Do with you want to use your point, story bud? point on him? Maybe. Hmm. What are you trying to do with it, bud? Well, I'm gonna shoot him with an air, a longbow, and a grenade. Y'all need to shut up as the grenade hits this man dead in the chest. He looks, he goes, ah, and then it explodes and he dies, taking him and the man next to him out. Yeah. You know, I thought it might take you guys longer to use story points on each other. Not going to lie. Adair, that's your round, correct? Yeah. Uh, You still have a move. All right, guys, so they have 18 health or less, obviously. You, You still have 100 feet, no, sorry, 90 feet to clear, and you have a move. Yeah, and I have one move because I use an attack. So I do that. I'm uh, going to, you know, if there's convenient cover, I will use that. If not, whatever. We're just going to rage. Ra- rage seems relevant here. Yeah, there, uh, there shoots a dude in the chest, roars, rages, continues running forward. Two for one. It's a doozy of a twosie. Indeed. All right. Now we're ready. Uh, that was a Daru's round. You do see that... You hear some yelling and some commotion after the yell of primacy soldiers. And you see that the tower, or the, not the tower, the, the turret structure has a bunch of movement. And you, you just see three real long rifles stick out and they start firing. So three bullets come at your group. Uh, we're going to shoot twice at Eric because he's at the front and once at Adaru. Oh, you were a lucky bitch, Mitch. You're not allowed to say you're unlucky anymore. You've been fucking really killing it as far as not me murdering you lately. Eric, you see just two bullets strike him, like, in either shoulder. He's just like, bam, bam, 
and in typical dumb barbarian fashion just pushes through that shit but they only rolled a uh, 12 to hit you so you kind of duck as rifle fire goes over the top of your head number nine's turn nine what do you do now that you're back up on the hill uh is there like a commanding officer around for you yeah nearby you yeah uh i mean yeah technically that guy who was teaching how the cannons work he's the cannon officer uh i guess i go up to him and uh i say what now well they they are outside the cannon range so this is it this is it for us we can um just sort of keep firing cannons to be intimidating that seems off uh yeah it's a shitty part of this job you kind of sometimes you just watch men die at this point like from really far away there's nothing you can do i could probably uh mess with this cannon and see if i can get it to fire farther maybe we can actually do some damage or something really yeah i mean can you js ryan is this a thing that you are capable of doing i don't know i'm just pulling shit out of my ass bud you asked me I, to do I don't something know. like how do you go about that <laughs> <laughs> let's ask me to do something um yeah what do, what do you do is that one of your infusions or is this going on the jank table what are we doing well, yeah what's going jank on cannon that's not that's not concerning well, at all you brought this to me but i am refusing to answer your question for you how do you do this i know it's really rude it's almost like it's your job uh not for this no so what you do is you load one you load a cannon and then on the front of the cannonball you put one and two and then you give them tiny little parachutes, and you just fire them. <laughs> he doesn't have one or two out today, he said. I don't. I have them put away. Shame. Would have been beautiful. You just put them in the cannon, and then they, they huck the cannonball in midair. No, I don't think I have anything specifically for that, but... If you want to do a thing that is not an ability, I'm not mm-hmm. saying you can't, but you do need to tell me what you want to try, and then I will give you a roll. Uh, I am going to attempt to... I'm going to take some of my artificer's tools here, and I am going to attempt to fuck with the rifling of the cannon to see if I can't get more range out of it. How's that? Okay. Do you just sort of take our, make an artificery check? I don't know. I'm just blowing shit out of my no, ass. No, no, no. Roll the check. <laughs> yeah, no, is I that, like is that a viable thing, Mitch? I don't know. I'm just saying shit. Um, technically? I abstain to state. You are a, a artificer, <laughs> which is a borderline supernatural entity in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so yes, like... I will let you roll a check to see if this works. Physics-wise, not really. But if you can what, do it, what is the, That's what I'm asking. What Physics-wise, how would I make this cannon shoot farther? The, there is a tremendous amount of physics and science that I don't give a fuck about as your dungeon master. Roll a check. Roll All an right. artificer Thank check. Thank you for fucking saving me from that. I need you to make an artificer check. Uh, it's going to be made on the spur of the moment. I'm not letting you do it with advantage, even though you have the tools, because this is sort of a wild during a combat round thing. Yeah, that's fair. Roll it, and if you can roll higher for every no for every point you get above ten, this gun will fire ten feet further. That is a sixteen plus four plus two twenty two. So you're yes. adding one hundred and twenty feet to its range. It will be able to hit easily that first trench line, but it is going to take you one more round to accomplish. Fair. All right, you start tooling with the cannon, and it's just the one cannon. You don't have time to yeah, do just the one. Uh, Reyes, it's your turn. Fantastic. As the dirt cloud sinks and you find yourself from the cacophony and the loud noise and everything falls, your two barbarian psychopaths have run up ahead and you and the men are standing there and you all kind of give each other that nervous, oh shit, here we go, look. Yeah, um, Risk doesn't even look at the men. He uses all of his, I use all of my excessive movement to just run. Okay. Full on, 120 feet. 
straight to where that, uh, tell me how close I can get. Am I gonna have to dive in the trench so they don't shoot me, or? Dude, you can get almost to the back fucking trench. Sick. I'm going to, will it cost me any movement to lay down? You can just drop prone, no. You can drop prone as a free it action. It costs you movement on the other end, I think. Yeah, it costs yeah. you half your movement to stand up. What do you want to need? Yeah, I'll just lay down. That'll give them disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in fact, I'm going to say some of these guys just straight up, it drops you out of their line of sight because of the nature of, it, of what it is. There's a few dudes on the left side here who can definitely still take a pot shot at you deep in the trench, and they watch you bolt, and you see just a bunch of guys raise an alarm. Holy shit, he's so fast! Danger shark. Danger shark. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, skitter, skitter. So, uh, yeah, so you are going to take some shots from a few of the men in the trench. We're going to say three of them do get shots off at disadvantage. That is just the biggest pile of garbage I've ever rolled. Nothing above a six. All right. Yay. That being said, your armor class is less than 15? Yes. Yes, it is. All right, so one shot, lucky shot, goes off, clips the ground next to you and hits you in the uh, in one, in your leg, and that's going to do, oof, uh, 10, whew, whew, 15 damage. Ouch. Right. He has five temporary health points. I will note. That, uh, it's true. actually seven. I, I added. I did that shit wrong. It's seven. All right. So you had seven temporary hit points. You can go ahead and subtract yep. that. But you take a bunch of damage from a musket ball. It does make contact with you. A Deru. That's a miss. All right. So four shots hit. One of them is going to get a Deru. They rolled over eighteen. Uh, my a I have a longbow out. My AC is currently seventeen. Okay. That is going to be sixteen damage to a Deru. Eight damage. Nice. And uh, you see two of, no, sorry, three of the men behind uh, you go down. They get shot and they die, or at least go down. Sucks to suck. Sad does. Hey, got time for that. Got time for that. Uh, they return fire, however. All of their attacks are going to be at disadvantage. God, it's garbage. God, this is this is just a terrible way for me to do battle. Why do I do big battles? This is the real horror of war. Yeah. Dice. All right, you do see that they managed to clip one guy, uh, but because they're shooting at men in trenches, they have cover. It's really hard for them to hit at this range at this point. They all move up. They all fire. Uh, they're not going to be able to reload, so they basically are just going to be charging with their bayonets at this point. That makes it the top of the round. You watch as Eric, the, the uh, barbarian, jumps down into the hole and immediately starts attacking the men who was left and right. You watch one of the men gets cut down, and then he moves on the other, and the other one is pressed, but manages to not be hit. Adero, it's your turn. So how many people I have in the trench in front of me? There are still four in the trench in front of you. There are five in the back. Five in the back in the back? Yes. And then there are right. three men at the uh, turret. Who shot me? Uh, Who's closer? The guy that shot me or the guy that shot Seth? Uh, the guy who shot you is closer. It's one of the guys in the front line. Fuck that guy. Okay. So my, my D20 rolled, rolled... Landed on a 14, then popped backwards onto a 20. So you rolled a 20 again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Mitch just rolled two crits in a row, back to With back. With a longbow. Fucking <laughs> With a longbow. Disgusting. 17 damage to that guy. He dies. Mitch, wow. <laughs> and I move 40 more feet. Because, wow. you know, I used an action. So, uh, Derek, do you move? Yeah, I move 40 feet forward. You move 40 feet? Well, yeah, because I have the long shorter. You're in the hole if you wish to be. Oh, yes, I wish to be. I wish to be not in the no man's land any longer. All right. Adair, that's your turn. That is now Reyes. No, number nine. Number nine, you finish the cannon. Shit. 
Uh, right. you, that will be your action. Is there anything else you'd like to do with your round? Otherwise, it's kind of it. Uh, no. All right. Nine, you... Bonus action, tell him to fire. It needs to be loaded. <laughs> uh, nine, you, you, you crawl out of this, like, you know, somebody fixing a fucking washer dryer. You kind of crawl out of the front of it, and you've been, you've basically been etching, uh, some sort of rifling, or doing something to the inside of this, this cannon, and, uh, you turn to them and nod, and they start loading it. Risk. You're prone. You've been shot. You only have like 40 feet to go to the t- to the turret. Yeah, I'm prone. I've been shot. And fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get up. That'll cost me 20 of my feet. I'm gonna bonus action dash so that I'll have 60 feet to run all the way behind and kill that dude. I'm gonna kill him so good. All right, you come around and this guy's not prepared for how fast you move. If you have an attack, I'll let you do it with an advantage. Uh, yeah, let's go. 14 plus 5, 19. 19? Yeah, you hit. Yep, absolutely. And because I can swashbuckle now, right? Let me make sure. Let me look at my features and traits. Sure. That's, that's uh, uh, that is rocket. Rocket. Uh, 10 damage. 10 with a sneak? Sneak attack? Yes, 10 so with the sneak attack. It's poor showing. You know you had like 3d6 now, right? Yep, that was 3d6. That's oh, rough. It's real rough. 10 damage. That's All three. right. So he's alive, and you're out of actions, correct? Because you already used your bonus to get the extra distance? Mm-hmm. All right. So he there. Oh, wait. Do I have any extra movement, though? Because if I have extra movement, I can just move away without him being able to attack me. You do. Cool, yeah. You got, just... like, ten feet more. Yeah. I'll so, yeah, you get around, and out. basically on the back side of this, this, this outcrop, this weird dome that they've built out of concrete or stone, uh, is, like, a weird door that they just sort of slapped on the back, and this one guy guarding it. You stab him, and you step back 10 feet across the doorway. Inside, uh, you, he, he sort of yells out, and you hear inside the men uh, reacting to that, and they're probably going to get involved in soon. Uh, that being said, they have already fired, I believe. So that makes it everyone's turn. Time for more gunfire. All right. you A bunch of gunfire goes off. You lose a couple more men. Uh, smoke has started to fill the trench. So now it's really difficult to see more than 15 feet in front of you. And, uh, your men have sort of crested behind you guys. They haven't quite gotten down into the trench yet, but they're ready to hop down in there because they just run forward on this round. They just fucking haul ass. The whole line of men catches up with you and Eric, and it's going to be top of the round. You watch a man get gunned down right when he comes close to the trench. That makes it Eric's turn. Eric is fighting one guy. He gets stabbed with a bayonet and then strikes out at him, chopping him down next with his greatsword. Yep, that'll do it. So he tears that man. The man stabs him with his bayonet, and then Eric turns and just cleaves the man from clavicle to fucking hit with his greatsword. And, the ma- and uh, that soldier goes down. And it's you and him and two men in this trench as... Wait, there's two? There's two men in the front trench, and there's five in the back. You see two men step forward from either side of this long trench that connects the two, and they both aimed their sights at you and start reloading. They fired already at the men above. They start to reload their weapons. That's going to make it your turn. Okay, and I can make it to them, right? Oh, yes. You're very fast right now. Then uh, that's what Adair is going to do. He's going to run the trench on him. Because our guys will get in there with those last two dudes. That shouldn't be a big deal. They should be able to handle that. Yeah, you move 40 feet around um, right? right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, run a trench on their ass. So Adair runs up on the guy. 
And uh, does a 22 and a 14 hit? Uh, 14 barely, but yes. Okay. So he, he cuts across his middle section with his scimitar, dealing five damage, and then he strikes him in the face with the shield, doing an additional four. Okay. Uh, that's not nearly enough to kill this person. It's still, it's, he, he takes it to the nose, and, it, and he's still standing. Mierd! So you were raging when you made these attacks, right? Yes. Uh, don't you do an extra d6 necrotic damage? It's actually a d6 plus one. Ah, so go ahead and roll that as for the first time as you strike this this soldier, uh, this Valerian soldier in blue, as your sword makes contact, you see where the wounds were caused? This sort of necrotic rot just sort of spreads from the wound and instantly does more damage to the soldier. Roll a d6. Three more damage. Three more? That is all it takes. They had two health left. Nice. You watch as they sort of look, get this look on their face after you hit them in the nose with the shield, like, and then the the necrosis sort of sets in, and you watch them sort of rot, and he gets this look on his face, and he falls over. Fuck. Am I going to be able to get his ear? I don't know, man. Maybe not. Shit. (laughs) Rayisk, the the man in front of you, steps forward and tries, he pulls out a longsword, and he tries to make an attack on you. That's going to be... Hopefully he sucks at it. He does not quite suck at it. Swings two times with his longsword. One of them is a miss, but the follow-up attack hits you. It's going to be only four damage, though. I'm getting real fucking tired of these guys' bullshit. You're uh, you're already wounded leg. You're already wounded leg. I'm coming! Yeah, your already wounded leg kind of befouls you, and he gets another hit on you. Then you hear two men. The door behind him gets kicked open, and a man steps out. Uh, he's carrying his long rifle in the spear fashion, like he's just gonna stab you with this thing, and it is essentially a spear, so it does have reach. He's gonna try to step out and stab you. That is gonna be a miss. Uh, you see another man is in the doorway, but he can't get out with these guys in the way. Now it is Nine's turn. Nine, the men on your hill have loaded this new cannon. So, so you think this will work? Like, it's not- I didn't- You didn't- you didn't ruin my cannon, did you? I hope not. No, it should work. Okay. Fire! Uh, he actually hands you the 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 Pickwick. He says, oh, "You do the honors." You. Thank you. I take it. If it blows up, it's taking you, robot. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, go ahead and roll me an attack roll. It is it is a ranged attack roll. You know what? Fuck it. It's an it based attack roll. You did this whole thing. I'm gonna treat it like it would be like your spell attack modifier. So what do you want? Sorry. It's what you want. It's an intelligence based ranged attack roll. Oh, hell yeah. So I get proficiency then. Yeah. Sick. Is a 10 plus 4 plus 2. Alright, what do you try to hit with it? I am going to try and hit uh, the biggest concentration of soldiers that I can get. Okay. You see two men that are still in the front trench uh, that these other soldiers are about to run up on, but you do yeah, see them that, down. Is that the Minion and uh, Wacko? Yeah, Minion and Wacko. Yeah, uh, for the listeners at home, they, they will be represented by Minion and Wacko. Uh, I think, I guess roll damage. Fuck yeah. Uh, I think uh, I what am I rolling roll, for that damage? I think we'll, we'll treat them like they're bombs, so roll 3d6. 16. 16? Okay. Yeah. Those two men go up in an explosion. You actually see this guy in the front, who's one of your soldiers, gets a little singed, and he like just turns back and goes, Hey! From across the field, risk. Hell yeah. Get him. I have a grenade, and I didn't like, I, I just like... Put it on my person. Yeah. Uh, I have a bomb, and I just like 
stash it in one of my easy to uh, get to pouches. So I pull it out, and because they're all right in front of me, I don't even really have to throw this motherfucker. I just drop it in front of me. And run? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, bomb, disengage, action, run? Hold on. Hold on. Assassin. Let me see if I need to disengage. I you don't think I do. You didn't attack him. You're right. I need to make a melee attack. So uh, I do that. Bomb, disengage, uh, run away. Uh, roll 3d6 and describe to me that scene. Three. Yeah, I know, right? I hate when that shit happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's 14 damage. Okay. Tell me what it looks yeah. like as this grenade goes off at their feet. Yeah. Uh, so I reach into one of my pouches real quick and quick light the, the fuse and drop it in front of them. And you see Reyes hops back real quick and uh, gives him whatever the the your world equivalent of the finger would be. It's the finger. <laughs> it's the finger. <laughs> it gives the him the finger and runs his 40 feet. I mean, maybe I shouldn't ignore that beautiful moment. Do we have a special version of the finger in my world? I feel like y'all need to be a part of this decision if we did. I mean, you know, the medieval version of the finger was the the uh, the two fingers because uh-huh. that's what archers. It's a pinky. That's, that's the origin of it. I was thinking pinky too. Like I don't know why, but my brain it's also went there. Instead of being fancy, it's a fuck you. You know what? I love it. Pinkies up. You take your you pinky and little... you stick it up your nose at them. You give them a rude gesture and you jump back. Uh, fuck yeah! It's rude. Real. It's fucking rude. My gesture. Almost rude the grenade. Uh, and you do. 14 damage. You watch the one that you already stabbed get absolutely disintegrated. The guy who's obviously the one you dropped it at their feet. And you watch the person behind him get full-on rocked backwards and land on the ground, but he's still kind of moving. The one inside rolled a nat 20, which makes sense. He has a little bit of cover, so he's only going to take half damage. Uh, you don't think yep. he's dead. That's going to be the end uh, of your round. And uh, for for my runaway round, I'm I, I noticed there's some trees here. You didn't really describe them. Are there trees? There's a tree line. Yeah, there's a, tree, there a tree line. That line? This whole thing was backed up against. I, I did mention that. Okay, cool. Ago. I run into the tree line and behind a tree. Do it. All right, you're done. Jay, I used reckless attack in my last round. Noted. I am not shifted. Okay. So it matters. Yeah. Um. So all of our soldiers jump down into the hole with Eric, and Eric is now leading a small army. Uh, Adara, you hear the tramp, 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 tramp of just a fucking bunch of uh, primacy soldiers joining you. Bunch uh, of dudes. Yeah, they're going to be fucking shit up real soon. They actually come around the corner and drop to their knees and start reloading their guns. Uh, so, Adara, you still are going to get stabbed at with this man's bayonet. You reckless attack, so he gets advantage. That one's going to hit. He has rice. I do Ooh. have a 19 currently. It is. He rolled a fit. Ooh, you know what? There's a reason I've been using my shield, which is less effective. <laughs> yeah, you know, he doesn't actually roll enough. I thought that would have hit. So, no, yeah, if you got your shield up, he still misses. He only gets I made a 18. series of tactical decisions. <laughs> yeah. That being said, uh, these guys, this guy's going to step over. This one's going to run up with his bayonet and try to join his friend. This one is going to try to move around and fire upon you with his rifle, which is loaded. That's not great. No. And he rolled an 18. Ooh, ooh. 18 plus stuff. Ah, ah. Yeah, sorry, bud. It's all right. Ooh. Not plus stuff. Fuck. Oh, Wadaru. Wadaru, Wadaru. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. That sounds like a nat 20. It's 20 damage. It's 10 damage. That's good. Yeah. 
once again, Adaru learns how absolutely assholish a musket ball to his person can yeah. be. Uh, and then this one is... Wait, hang on. Have we ever pulled those out? Is it they're just collecting musket balls? Oh, yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> At a couple levels, he just rattles as he walks. A couple years later, he dies of lead poisoning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy reloads his rifle. He does not move. He's going to wait for you to put your stupid face out here so you can die. Uh... Eric pushes through all these men and tackles into the one who you've been fighting and pushes him and the guy who just shot you into the wall. He appears to be raging. Uh, he goes ahead and shoves this man into the one behind him. Uh, he gets two attacks, so he's going to shove that one through that one, and he's going to knock the other one prone. Or I see you might need some help, as he just knocks all three of them prone. Uh, that's his round. That oh, makes yeah, that's it. advantage, my boy. Yeah, boy. I already have. I've been reckless attacking. But I guess I wouldn't need to this round, if I have advantage on dudes. Advantage on any prone opponents. So, Risk, you went and you tried to hide behind this tree. I'm gonna go ahead and give you partial covers. This man who didn't get hit by the grenade much. This soldier steps out with his rifle loaded and fires at you. It's gonna be... Alright, so he fires at you with this long... Ooh, fuck, man. Hey, I can't take much more, so I'm don't, don't get too crazy. I'm rolling real good. How often does that temporary hit points come back for him? Nine? Does it come back at all? Cause Does it? Yeah. Temporary hit points is a weird thing. Sometimes I it don't do. believe Sometimes so. Sometimes it don't. Let me see. Yeah. Unless it says it, you get it every round, you usually it don't. Should. Like, it's a turret, though. Like, that's what it does. Right? Bonus action grants 1d8 plus 4. Ah, so it can do it anytime yeah. that you grant it. It doesn't automatically, action. but it can. Okay. Um, I mean, you have to command it? Does it... Oh... You have you have to be within sixty feet of it to make it happen. So yeah, he does only get it this one time, that yeah. one time. Yep. So just the seven. Rask, you take nineteen damage from musket fire. Oh, I'm so down. Oh my god. Oof. I'm super duper down. He he managed to hit you through the uh, the foliage here. He shivered your timbers, bud. Yeah, let, bro, let me double check. If I add two to your AC, reason. what was your AC? Sixteen. Yeah, he rolled a sixteen. So he gets to add stuff. So yeah, you 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 try to duck Super behind this, these leaves, and he takes bead. And it's no wonder they have them set up in this little this little hutch. These are like these are the snipers. He takes you down. You go you spin as he catches you with a bullet and like fucking hit the ground hard. I'm gonna need you to roll that death safe. Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, I made it. Just barely with that ten, but I made it. First success. Risk, you're you're awake. It hurts like a motherfucker, but you, you you're you're down. You're incapacitated. Sure, I do more drugs. You you start fumbling for your drugs, but that'll happen on your turn. Yeah, of course. Nine, it's your turn. When in doubt, do drugs about. Uh, can I still hit anybody with my cannon at this point? Um, I will. If you ride it down the hill. Yeah, if you push forward like thirty <laughs> feet with it, yes. I was planning to. <laughs> yeah, it, they're out of range. You managed to get enough range to hit that first group, but uh, the second line, the second trench, is outside of the range that even you gave it by about 20 feet. So, am I able to see Rask go down from here? Roll perception. Probably not. Oh, he said roll perception. I would have just instantly thought no, so that's better than I would have given you. Yep. Right? <laughs> I know, that's why I was surprised. Uh, that is, holy shit, that is a 19 plus one. <laughs> Uh, after you fire that last shot, uh, nine, you do see, because it catches your eye, an explosion happens behind the turret building. 
that that outcropping where these snipers have been roosted. One of the men just blood and viscera splatters out from one side, but also you saw Reyes cop back and run into the woods. You see a man step out just like just a little bit, aim his rifle and fire at Reyes. You get just a glimpse of Reyes as he gets hit and collapses somewhere behind a bush before you which blocks your line of sight. Maybe if you yell really loud, Walker will hear you. <laughs> yeah, even if I move my full 30 feet forward, I won't hit it with that cannon, right? Uh, 30 feet forward? No, not not that fight. That fight's another 30 feet back from everything else. Uh, I see uh, Reyes get hit, and I I panic my a little bit. was not laying down. <laughs> yeah, I panic a little bit, and uh, I'm going to immediately rush forward with said cannon. I'm just going to start pushing it. I will absolutely uh, let you ride this cannon down the hill. It is on a hill. It is on wheels. <laughs> Roll me a ride check. A ride what is check? a ride check? I need a ride check in D&D. This is animal handling? I don't know. Uh, I, yes, I, I would say yes. Handling. No, it's a... <laughs> Roll a... Just a dexterity check. Just a dex check? Yeah. Oh, boy. Athletics? No. I mean, if he picks it up and runs with it, he is big boy. I they made r- the ride checks a vehicle proficiency now. Yeah, That's it's, it's a proficiency it. check oh, if you're proficient yeah. in vehicles. But, so what is this, an improvised yeah. vehicle? Yeah. <laughs> he takes half proficiency riding I need you an improvised vehicle check, R- nine. <laughs> it's a six plus two. Yeah, so... Big oof! Nine, you, 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 you push this cannon down the hill and the soldier next to you the cannon officer goes no no it's not it was it's not designed for that and you push it down the hill and like kind of hop on it and it rattles and bumps its way down the weight of it sort of pushes but like i said before the field is kind of soggy it is not it is not firm ground you see that they bump and rattle and then it comes to it turns just enough and it tips over and you and the cannon go sprawling at the bottom of the hill that being said you did move 100 feet in one round Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, you basically fall down the hill. I need my um, help. Risk, I already made you roll a death save, but that should have happened on your turn, so your turn is over. You don't need to roll a death save yet. He does drugs about it, though. But, I do fumble for some locust yeah, powder. Yeah, you, fu- you fumble for locust that. powder. Um, go ahead and roll me a constitution check. Okay, 15. 15, you managed to get the locust powder out and hit and take a nice, nice huff. Uh, it at least dulls the edges of the pain as you are still incapacitated by damage. <laughs> the men behind you, Adero, start loading their guns. You see one of the men in front. He's going to go ahead and roll an intelligence check. He's not a general, but he's smart enough. He calls out to the men, Hold your fire till Eric and Halo are out of the way. A couple of them get real low and everybody sort of stands in this way and they're about to just unload holy hell and they both they look at you and sort of nod like they just want you to step the fuck out of the way and they ready their actions to fire that's gonna make it eric in your turn okay yeah so there's three dudes on the ground that are gonna get lit the fuck up and then there's meatwad over there down the alleyway yeah he has a loaded rifle as well you watched him last round he loaded his gun okay um that's an imminent threat so i'm gonna go ruin meatwad's day okay you cut around the corner and you attack him you're running through the trench, this muddy, fucked up hole in the ground. I rolled a, a 14 and an 18, so that's going to be two hits. Yep. He's going to take a total of 18 damage. Oh, yeah, he drops. As Adairu just cuts him across the chest and strikes him in the face of the shield again. Just Captain America uppercuts this motherfucker. Captain Bree. Captain Bree uppercuts this dude. Sure, yeah, he goes down. His gun uh, falls loaded at his feet as he collapses. 
I'm uh, I'm gonna put my sword away. Uh, technically, it is also Eric's turn as he is top of the round with you. Eric, Eric, that's a lot of twos. That is two twos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, he tries to hit these pro- Oh, they're prone! He has advantage. <laughs> uh, so he hits one, he cuts one's head off on the ground, and then he leaps to the side, uh, to get out of the way. As soon as he leaps to the side, your men cut the last two guys in half with bullet fire. I'm not even gonna roll all these checks. There's no fucking way. You watch the rest of these men get gunned down. Um, you hear a couple more cries. One man sounds to be wounded up to the- to your north. And another one is calling out to his friend, and it sounds like he's reloading his gun. You don't know what happened to Rask. Yeah, I've got to go find Rask. I haven't heard from him in a while, and when the fish stays quiet too long, that makes me feel the fish is bleeding out in the corner somewhere. <laughs> Which is what's going on, but... <laughs> so that makes it their turn. Uh, So this... Oof, Rask, Rask, Rask. This... Rifleman. I was really hoping to disappear into the smoke and fire of that bomb. I know, right? I guess I didn't do that. Not quite. Sorry, bud. He rolled super good. This is a little late, but I just feel like he was inside a building, an explosion went off, and I ran away, and he got a beat on me quick. D&D sucks. Um, D&D sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did, but uh, you didn't take the hide action. Yeah. This rifleman steps forward through the woods to figure out where you landed. He walks up on you, and he turns you over with the front of his bayonet. He sees that you are still breathing. Oh, fucking shit, all I could do. He looks down at you, and you see him with your eyes, and he says, Bad day for you, primacy pig dog. And he, bleed on him. And you see that he's, he's just him. he just takes his time, and he starts to load his rifle. Well, it's not even... You the appropriate color. It's like blue blood that I bleed on him. Just blue blood, huh? Okay. Yeah. This guy takes up position and reloads his rifle to anyone who tries to leave the trench. He's going to try to shoot you guys. Nine, it's your turn. I am going to... Man, fucking me up here. Everyone's off the field. I think you're close enough to fire on that back placement now if you get the cannon up. Can I? Uh, yes. You said I moved up 100 feet? Because I yeah. fucking rode yeah. down. Kinda. <laughs> I pushed down, down through the mud. You just didn't stick the part. I'm gonna have yeah. to really clean myself later. Vivaldi's gonna be so pissed about all this mud. Yeah, um, no, I hope the hat's okay. Uh, I will aim in that general direction. Can I, and uh, can just, I can I see the man? Can I fire on the man at this point? You 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 saw where he kind of walked. You can make an attack roll at disadvantage. Okay, I'm fucking go for it. At the very least, it'll have him turn around because it'll startle him. This fucking bode well for me. It's a nine. All right. Um, so I've got a little square of area that I feel like this cannonball will land in. I need you to roll me a d12. D12? Sure, I'm rolling the right one here. Seven. Uh... Six, seven. Wow. He hit me, didn't he? Just fucking. What's the dead range on. on a on a bomb? Five feet. Like I mean, the ex, the the radius. Is it five feet? Five, a five foot five radius. Feet. Five feet. Anything within five feet. Five of feet. The thing. Yep. Reyes, you've been pushed onto your back. You've taken drugs. You're white, white eyed, staring up, looking at this man who has just loaded his rifle and he's aiming his bayonet, his long rifle, right at your face. 
and he's just called you a primacy pig dog. You hear the sound of and right behind the man, literally five feet behind him, a bomb lands. <laughs> the explosion Amazing. is a five foot radius, which means you are not in it. You watch this man get thrown up and into the air over the top of you, just turned into gore. <laughs> Sick. Because I was about to get turned into gore, so one hundred percent all random, real well for me. I just gave you a twelve square, like a forty, a, a you know, a twenty foot by twenty foot square, and I just counted squares. Woo! You just see that man blow up. You don't know what happened to Risk. You still can't see Risk. You realize that that might have been very, very dangerous, what you just did, but Raisk, it's your turn, and I need you to roll a death save. Nine I hope he's okay, I hope he's okay, I hope he's okay. Hey, I'm, I'm super good with these near misses. That's another 10 on my death save. Oh my god. I want you to fail one. Just, just one. Just fucking barely hanging here. on. So the, the downside is he's making a lot of death saves. The good side is homie spends a lot of time making death saves. <laughs> Yo, if I could get better at doing death saves for all this death save experience I'm getting, <laughs> hell yeah. Let's go. Add a plus one to my death saves. You just hear the, the scout as the explosion goes off as you're making your death save and you're still like uh, awake but can't move. You just hear, Jacques! Jacques, what happened? And uh, that's going to make it. Eric and Aderu. Uh, Eric turns to Aderu. Uh, what? Do you, hello, Otter. Should we go uh, help your friend? Is this part of that secret mission? That secret, like, strategy that you guys were talking about? Because I'm in the dark right now and I don't know what to do. Stay with the men. If I don't come back, we'll retrieve our bodies. With pleasure. Good luck. Aderu, uh, he stays. He actually starts marching these men toward the tower. Because as I said, this trench leads to the tower. Yeah. I think if we move quickly enough, we might actually be able to take the victory from these bastards in the other platoon. The best kind of theft. Do what you can. Adara, what do you do? Uh, I'm gonna pop up. Okay. And I'm gonna go running for the last guy that I know is alive. And also is in the direction of where I'm pretty sure uh, Reisk went. Because I think Reisk went into the building. Okay. Uh, you... How do you pop up? You just jump over the top of the trench? Oh, man. Maybe. As you peek up, I you see to. this dude just sitting there with a rifle. Like, waiting for a motherfucker to try one. Like, I'll say that you can peek without committing, but he's right fucking there. Does this, uh, does the musket I have have a bayonet? Yes. I'm a motherfucker and I try one. Okay. I, uh, I tuck, I'm not gonna make it in one move action. So, uh, Halora's gonna just tuck the rifle under one arm and use his shield as assisted cover and just charge the dude. I'm gonna use a double move, which puts me in his grill. Even even climbing out of the hole, which takes a moment, you can do it. Uh, you are on him, but that's all of your round. He's going to go ahead and fire. Yes, that is, that is everything. As you get, like, halfway through, he takes a beat on you and he fires. Oof, yeah. Plugs directly into your shield. You feel the thud as it sinks into the wood of your, of your shield, and it kind of throws you off balance for a moment, but you charge right through that. Uh, I don't think we need to deal with anyone else, right? Uh, Nine, what do you do on your round? Yeah, Nine can open fire on the tower now, right? Yeah, there you yeah. Do you want to try again, Nine? Yeah, you can try again. All right, roll me another one of those attack rolls. I could try again. Let's go. How many cannonballs did you bring with you? I mean, she can have at least Ooh, two. That's, like, actually a really good question. But, yeah, we'll say you have one more. Okay. Uh, what do you want, just a regular fire? Yeah, just roll me an attack, and I'm kind of using that as a dick 
to dictate the zone in which you will hit, not really like, like how wide is the zone? Where do you want to aim? And then basically, depending on how low your roll is, the zone gets bigger. Well, what's left? Make you roll. There's just the one the dude blue. at the turret tower. Yeah, fuck it. I'll fire on the guy again. I have a flat twelve here. I'm no, gonna. Six. I'm gonna start rolling death saves. Not not liking how ballsy nine's getting with this cannon shit. All right, <laughs> uh, you roll. You rolled an eighteen. Then yeah. Yes. Then roll me and then you a, wanted a make it a D six because that's a much better roll than last time. Okay. Where'd that go there? It's a three. All right, Halor, uh, as you run up on this guy, <laughs> um, you you take a bullet, you run up, you lower your shield just in time to watch a cannonball land directly in between the two of you. You and him both look down at the cannonball, then look up at each other, and you both need to roll deck safes. At least it's a pretty easy deck save to make. Mm-hmm. You, you and this random soldier on on the side of Valeria make eye contact and that have... Is, that is a 12. The, Watch out, Halor! The relationship that only two men who know that they've just been randomly fucked can have. That was a 12? <laughs> yeah. Hey, meets and beats. Meets and beats. Uh, your boy, your new friend, your new best bud who's been through the same trials and tribulations as you, uh, rolled a four. <laughs> And, uh, Wait, hang on. Did he roll a Mitch or a Dirty he, Mitch? It's important, Jay. He rolled a uh, a Mitch. So he adds some stuff. But it's, yeah, straight Mitch. He doesn't... I don't know what he adds, but it's not enough. Roll me 3d6. Nine. You, fu- you, you fire it. You watch the ball go... Again. And as you watch it, you're looking at the field and you see Aderu running toward this man. And you're like, oh no. Oh no. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you see the bullet, the bomb land directly in front of him, roll to a stop at their feet, and then you just see him dive out of the way. What'd you roll? Ten. Ten? Okay, uh, you take half damage from that, Aderu, as you, uh, you dive to the right as the man in front God of you just it. dies. He only had two hit points left, because that was the one that, uh, they took a grenade. He, he's taking two grenades today. He's dead. Um. That poor guy. That poor dude. Rough day. Bombed multiple times. He knew times. exactly what this was gonna feel like. Yeah. He was like, fuck another bop. Um, all of it, he knew that all of his problems were temporary. Nine. That is your turn, Rayisk. All of my hit points were te- temporary at one point. <laughs> the sounds of explosions, even though they're so close to you, are muffled. It's time for one more death save. Okay, one last death save. Nat 20, I pop up. You're shitting With me. one hit point. You rolled a nat I'm 20? absolutely not. High five. How am I supposed to end on I'm a- I'm not shitting you. How am I supposed to end on a cliffhanger? I'm with that, I, I saw it. I got you. I got you, Jay. Don't worry about it. I would. I would tell. Ray, no cliffhangers here. Ray, Ray, Nat how, 20, how am I supposed to end on a cliffhanger if Ray scroll? Okay, so Ray, you kip up. Uh, do a little fucking T pose. Just fucking. You fucking dab on. Yeah, I hit with the firepower. Firepower. Exactly, and you're up, and you're good, and fuck you, I guess. Yeah. I was gonna like. Hopefully, make you fail Those one really and like, in. fade in on a nine sees two more targets on the field and lines up her shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Two specs stand up out of the record. Halor, Halor sees a dude jump up in the underbrush and opens fire with his musket. Uh, Raisk, uh, you step out from behind the bushes. Uh, Aderu uh, is is over there, and you you guys meet up and yeah, I meet up. Adaru points a rifle at you, realizes you're friendly, doesn't shoot you, it's nice. Yeah, is that... I, 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 everybody high-fives, and that's the end of our episode, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Don't get me wrong, true, I, look, I look We've ragged. We've got a tower to fuck up. You do have a tower to fuck up. Sith. 
I have very important task for you, if you would not mind. I mind. It will be safe. I need you to collect me five years. And then Adairu runs for the tower. As Adairu turns to the tower, you see a top. The cannons have stopped firing, and you see that apparently the other soldiers have arrived. Just over the top of the parapet, you see a, a man shouting and other Valerian soldiers joining and firing down what, what you assume is probably the stairway. You can hear the clank-clank and battle and the different sound of a gun lance, as you can tell, that full-on fight has begun in this tower. My name is Robert, and I will fight every one of you primacy pig dogs to the death. Hey Tavern Goers, thanks again for listening to Torchlit Tavern. Today's tale featured Mitchell Travis as Atheru, Jeffrey Lisk as Rayask, Ryan Santos as Number 9, and Jameson Oxford as the Dungeon Master. You can follow us and interact with us on Twitter at Torchlit Tavern, or email us with any of your most pressing questions at torchlittavern at gmail.com. You can also find our entertainers on the streets of twitch.tv slash torchlittavern, yelling obscenities at passersby. If you enjoyed our tale, you can tip your storytellers as you leave the tavern, which you can do via patreon.com backslash torchlittavern. Every little bit helps, and those who tip well and often can find themselves privy to an extra story or two, jokes, or maybe even a bit of hidden lore. Our story continues to grow all the time, and though we have no designs on a vast empire, your help is always appreciated. Our theme music for this campaign was designed by the bard, Brett Eagleston. Get his music at breadeagleston.bandcamp.com or find links for all his projects by following Bread Eagles on Twitter. This episode was edited and produced by Jameson Oxford and Ryan Santos. Other music and sound effects are provided by Epidemic Sound with help from freesound.org. And if you should find yourself surrounded by eager ears and attentive listeners, remember to tell good stories.